0: Louder! Thrill me. Black as midnight on a moonless
1: night. Bitches leave. Groovy. Fucking hold up, hold up. Well, then, there, motherfucker! It's got a death curse!
2: Let's fuck! I'll fuck anything that moves! <laughs> Let's show this prehistoric bitch how we do things downtown. forever! <laughs>
1: Oh, damn enchiladas!
3: These counts were lapping. Reporting live from the Black Lodge, it's me, the free will Burning, head Turning, ass kickin', Mo drippin', master podcast, and mouthpiece of the southeast, uncontested superstar of the airwaves, and your reigning and defending podcast champion of the world, Brandon A. Lane, Bring you a special edition of the Rants from the Black Lodge podcast. With axe in hand, tonight myself and the Rant Army are gonna carve up arguably the eight greatest slasher and slasher-adjacent franchises by pitting them against one another to settle once and for all what is the greatest slasher movie sequel of all time in a single elimination tournament we're dubbing Slasher Sequel Showdown! The rules are as such. Myself and Fat Tony will each be given two-minute periods to sing the praises of our respective choices. Based purely off those arguments, Ransom the Black Lodge technical advisor Jason Davis will make the decision which sequel advances in the tournament. However, if a good-faith decision cannot be made strictly on the aforementioned arguments, Jason can then invoke a one-minute rebuttal round for each competitor that will hopefully force Jason to pick a winner once and for all. We're definitely going to have a bloody good time tonight slicing and dicing up the best from the 60s, 70s, 80s, and 90s. But first, here's some messages from our sponsors.
1: Hey wrestling fans, have you ever wanted to watch the black and gold brand from the very beginning? Well, we have the podcast for you. Right here at Next Evolution, the rise and demise of the black and gold brand. See such stars as Seth Rollins, Bo Dallas, Bray Wyatt, Cassius Ono, Aiden English, and Corey Graves get their start all the way till the demise of the black and gold brand. Follow us at Next Evolution Pod on all social media platforms and follow our podcast, NXT Evolution. Anywhere podcasts can be found. love metal are you a nerd well if i got the podcast for you it's the metal thrashing nerd podcast hosted back me metal thrashing mike and every episode i'll be bringing you fans from the world of underground heavy metal just waiting for you to hear them so go check us out on all major streaming services as the metal thrashing nerd podcast Come on down to Mass by Lance Premium Friday the 13th custom-made hockey mask down there in Tennessee by Lance McKinney. Find him on Facebook and Instagram over at Mass by Lance. Go order one now, boy! Yee-hoo!
2: Hey, assholes, it's me, Boner the Skeleton, mascot of the rants from the Black Lodge Podcast, here to sell you some shit you probably can't afford. Are you low on cash? That's not a problem. Sell your blood. Sell your children. Go to the jack-off clinic and give them a sperm sample. We don't care how you get the money, as long as you give it to us. Would you like a t-shirt? A mug or a sticker to show that you're a true friend and a member of the Rant Army? Well, all you gotta do is go to rantarmy.com. And if you don't buy something, then fuck you!
4: Dive into the new action packed thriller, Mr. Black. This is a story about a mafia hitman, Mr. Black, whose latest target is nothing like he's had to deal with before. Mr. Valentino is a man that's into the dark arts, who calls in the Grim Reaper to kill Black. However, the spell fails to be fully successful, as he is still murdered. Now, Death himself is pursuing Mr. Black relentlessly. Now who can Black turn to for help? Who can stop a curse like this? Get Mr. Black on Amazon Books or as a digital download on Kindle.
3: The original horror classics stand tall and continue to haunt the nightmares of countless gorehounds all around the world. But if the slasher genre is known for anything aside gratuitous nudity, questionable acting, and bukus of blood, it's known for its plethora of decades spanning sequels. So tonight we're going to put the OGs to bed and let the lesser known entries come out and play in a single elimination tournament we're dubbing Slasher Sequel showdown where only the greatest slasher movie sequel will be left standing i'm your host brandon a lane and with me tonight are a couple of ready and eager masked maniacs just itching to verbally plunge their phallic blades into your awaiting years welcome once again to the black lodge technical advisor to the rant army jason davis and the baron of booze sometimes drunk always fat fat tony
5: i'm so glad to be back sorry to step on your intro jason i've been trying to get here for months. Covid, pressure washing, work schedules. I have not get to come and got any guy time since August. I let's, need this. Let's do this, boys. It's going to be off the charts. This is going to be a great podcast.
4: I
3: certainly hope so. Yeah, we're going to be uh, lit. The, 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 <laughs> <laughs> well, we've already had two shots. I say we get the ball rolling and we have our third shot Ooh. in in honor to the late great Ronnie James Dio. To Dio. To, to Dio. Dio.
5: La 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 la.
3: Oh, Taka, we want to we be endorsed
5: you. by you. Oh, I had to say I chased oh. that with damn Mr. Jason's home brew Black oh. Death uh, Fall Harvest thing cider, delicious. Yeah. Mm.
3: And yeah. We're we're also going to be uh, sipping some of this fancy ass. What would you call this uh, type of uh, concoction? So it's a
4: harvest cider. It's pumpkin. It's apple. Nutmeg. Uh, like. Probably fifteen percent alcohol at least. It's been aging for two years, and uh, it actually tastes okay. It's pretty, up, it, Martha
3: Stewart. It's pretty. It's pretty. It's pretty good. Yeah, it's I enjoy. Good. So, cheers, my friends. Um, now, before we get into the tournament, we got to talk about how we, and by we, I mean I, came to the decision <laughs> of these eight franchises that we're going to be including in this episode because it's bound to ruff, ruffle the feathers of a few of you out there in the Rant Army or the periphery, but I'm going to justify my answers, or at least attempt to, so we can nip this in the bud as quickly as possible. So... Our eight series, the first one being Psycho. Psycho, uh, the original is a proto slasher, but the sequels, they definitely were inspired on what was going on contemporarily in the 1980s. So I think that it is fair game. That's fair game. You know, the first movie is, uh, well, I mean, you could, you could definitely say that it's a little more on sort of like the film noir mystery thriller. But, I mean, it's very tawdry for the time, mm-hmm. so I think that falls perfectly in yeah. line with, you know, the sentiments of slasher movies, you know. you know, It was gratuitous for the time. A toilet flushed. Oh, I, no. I, I know. The, that's the scandal. It's like a, an Amish woman showing her ankle, you know. The whore. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh Texas Chainsaw Massacre series. Um, you've got a masked killer. Uh, there's a body count, although there really isn't a lot of slashing, but come on, the conventions are definitely there oh, yeah. so I think we're all in agreement Texas Chainsaw Master belongs on the yes sir. on this uh this episode the Halloween series now Halloween one it's sort of like the thing that existed before slashers really came into the, the full purview but come on the sequels definitely were, were were mm-hmm. aping you know what was going on. Yes. And here's the one that is going to get people riled up, but I swear I had good reason in including it, and that being the Evil Dead series. So it's not a slasher series at all. Although, I mean, you know, there there is... There are slashes. There are slashes. Slashy uh, Ashy Ashy Slashy? Is that his name? Slashy Ashy? It doesn't matter. Um, But here's the thing. Prior to that... You didn't really have a lot of like over the top ridiculous, sort of fun slasher movies. And Wes Craven will take it directly from his mouth. He was a big fan of, of what happened in the original Evil Dead movie. And they sort of played favorites back and forth and jabbed at each other, going so far to even throw, um, you know, Evil Dead Post, on yeah. in the, no, the, the Evil Dead oh. is playing on the TV set oh, in the yeah. original Nightmare on Elm Street. Mm-hmm. So, especially the later Nightmare films definitely take a lot from the Evil Dead series. So, I know it's not a slasher series. It's like a slasher adjacent kind of thing, but the fans of these movies, they're definitely sort of aligned. Splatter, yeah. slasher, you know, they're, they're all sort of of the same ilk. So that's my reasoning. If you don't like it, you can get fucked. <laughs> yeah. Fuck you, Travis. He'll probably complain. Yeah. Fuck you, Travis. Uh, here's one that I don't think anybody could argue with. And that being the Friday the 13th. Series, uh, the king of slashers in the nineteen eighties. It had eight movies over a ten year period. That's consistency, and you can't argue against that
5: point. It definitely had. I'd be mad if it wasn't on here.
3: Uh, Nightmare on Elm Street is our next one. It's uh, more ethereal than the slashers that came before it. But Freddy, uh, probably the most iconic uh, horror movie figure of the entire nineteen eighties. He with personality. Yeah, he he and Jason are probably like neck and neck in terms of like box office. But I think Freddy is more of a, was a more, yeah. I mean, people, he's sort of the Benny Goodman of horror. He's got a personality. Yeah, exactly. Uh, The Child's Play series. Now, Chucky, for my money, Chucky has the most consistent continuity, and it's still going today with the excellent Chucky television series. Yes. Um, I'm really, really loving what they're doing in the second season, and um, that may be... uh, not the case for some people, because a lot of people don't love the the more ridiculous entries of the film, and we'll get to that when we, we talk about Child's Play in Slasher Movie Showdown, or Slasher Sequel Showdown. But I, for my money, in terms of continuity, you got to put it on the list, because yeah, it's one, one string of uh, successful sequels, and it's still going today. There's only one
5: stinker in the whole bunch, and that's three. I'll just, spoiler, that's not my
3: pick. Thank you. <laughs> that was not the lie. There's a pick on here that's gonna piss Brandon off. Uh, and finally, uh, it's definitely not a series that I'm particularly fond of. But I would be lying that if I if I didn't include it, that it wouldn't it would be it would be an omission to be damned on the podcast. And that being the most iconic slasher series of the 1990s, the the poster child of meta slashers, Scream.
5: Yeah, you can't see it. I'm flipping Brandon off. Scream rules. Yeah. Scream introduced a whole new generation to slashers. Yeah,
0: uh, and look Brandon, what they did with
5: it. <laughs> I'm not saying all of them did well, uh, but the people that saw those that the other people did took it back, and now you're getting good shit like Terrifier Two, which I did get to go see in Johnson City. Totally fucking worth it.
3: I, I've I've heard nice. that it is, it is just the most ridiculous over nonsense. Amazing. <laughs> well, I'm all, I'm all for schlock. I love good schlock. So they were, you know. All right. Now that we've explained our entries in the tournament, I'd like for us to discuss uh, sort of quickly what the criteria is for a slasher movie <clears throat> as opposed to like what you need to do in the sequel to kind of ramp it up to expectations. Now, Jason, feel free to jump in at any sure. point, but fat Tony, you, uh, you're, you are the apotheosis of this <laughs> slasher, uh, cinema of, of our, our favorite youth era. So I'd like for you to like tell me, what do you think? you need to do in a slasher sequel as opposed to like maybe the original entry, bigger body count, bare minimum, bare minimum. have to have bigger body count.
5: You need to, if not changing locations, like, um, you know, a lot of the first Friday the 13th are all the campers that you have to
3: introduce new likable characters, so you're saying that every movie needs to go to New York or space? No, no, no.
5: You, you need to change it up a little. Even like, well, they didn't use the same camp consistently. Part four isn't really ever at the camp. It's at houses and in the woods. Yeah, yeah. So they do change it up some. Uh, if it's a slasher sequel, we've got to have more tits. That's, that's, that's
3: absolutely
5: is. evil deads is guilty of that sin because usually their tits are stop motion reanimated dude that titties. just gives
3: me extra hard <laughs> that's true <Fucking laughs> ray Harryhausen uh style uh, titties. animated titties dancing in the moonlight that's that's great stuff um, man and like you, you have to amp it like in the
5: early sequels you need to try to make a scarier movie you need to try to make it more intense even if you're going to fail in later sequels, you've just got to have fun with it. You yeah, know? It, it's definitely don't try to make a scary sixth entry in a fucking movie right, series. Right.
3: No, by that point, you're going more for off entertainment. The yeah, yeah. That's the a wall. sin
5: that Halloween was kind of guilty of. Like they all took themselves too seriously.
3: They're they're consistently, for the most part, well made films, but they definitely had a lot less fun with exactly. their entries.
4: Yeah, there are occasional like you know you get a needle in a haystack good sequel rather than just schlocky. Yeah, yeah. But, and I would but,
3: argue that a lot of these movies on this list are are good in the traditional sense, yes, not not just no. in the schlocky sense, but they're definitely more on the schlocky end than they are good. But we'll talk about that as we continue on. Now, we've all been briefed on the rules and we have agreed to abide by the decision of each round, no arguing. <laughs> There's gonna be no yeah, one right. talking over top of one another. It's just gonna be you have your moment, I have my moment, and we're gonna we're going to allow Jason to decide once horror and for piece. all what wins and what will continue through each
4: round. Just a very, very, very brief uh synopsis about me. I'm a movie buff who likes horror. I'm not a horror fan who ...likes movies on the side. So, many of these movies I saw years and years ago. So, Brandon and Tony arguing these, it's going to be primarily their argument that wins the day. Because these movies are not fresh in my head as they are in Brandon and Tony's minds.
3: Alright, first up in the qualifying round, we have painstakingly whittled down the history of slasher films to the top eight franchises, in my opinion... So without further ado, let's kick off our qualifying round, that being the Psycho series. Now, the winner of this qualifying round will be assigned bracket number five. So let's go down our sequels. We have Psycho 2. We have Psycho 3. We have Psycho 4. And we have the Gus Van Zandt-directed Psycho remake. Tony, you're up first. Jason, if you'll put two minutes on the clock. Two minutes on the clock. Get ready to go,
5: Tony, and begin. Well, obviously, it's the remake. I'm just putting. I'm just... That How was dare a joke. <laughs> Brandon almost jumped over the table. No, uh, Psycho 2. It is the only sequel in any of these slasher series that has more than just a cash grab reason for existing. It has a unique plot, amazing acting. It is, um, you know, they're gaslighting the whole time. It's it's a revenge plot. It's a, it's a twist about you know, what he thinks is true. Uh, Anthony Perkins is fucking amazing in it. And it's really, I don't need my whole two minutes. I need 30 seconds. You're stupid if your choice isn't psycho too. But no, I'm just playing it. No, it really is the cinematography, uh, certain scenes like with him doing, you actually see him doing his, uh, what's the taxidermy and like his trauma from this shit. And like, he is, he is, he is actually a healed man. Who is, he's kind of the tragic hero of the story. And, you know, it sets it all up for failure later down the line. And it's just fucking great. Wow. I healed my time.
4: Wow. That was a, a minute and like 10 seconds. So. All right. Put two <clears throat> minutes back up on the clock. We're going to go back to two minutes. Let's see if I can fucking heal this uh timer.
5: So from you hold minutes. down
4: to reset. Okay. All right. Oh, technical issues. About Here we go. From the from technical, the technical right? advisor. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't used favorware timers very often. So <laughs> let's go, Brandon. They're not going to give uh, us a sponsor. Shit, I didn't mean to say now. that, but uh, <laughs> Brandon with Nightmare on Elm Street. No. No, I'm, Fopkin, I'm no, no, get no,
3: no. No, I'm doing Psycho. Oh. We're arguing each Ready? franchise. Give. All right. All right. It is we're gonna sweep this round my my choice is also psycho two. There is an argument you could make for Psycho 3, because I think in in a visual sense, which was directed by Anthony Perkins, there's a lot of really interesting shots in that movie. There's a shot where you think you're seeing the uh, beneath the door, but it's actually like a reflection from the blade, and that's one of the best shots in a horror movie ever. But I ultimately had to go with Psycho 2, because in my humble opinion, Psycho 2 is not just the greatest slasher sequel of all time. Possibly. It may be just one of the greatest sequels of all time. There is no reason that there ever should have been a sequel to Psycho. And the fact that we got one that was as good, actually, let's just fuck it to say it like it is, great as it is, is an anomaly. So you've got uh, Richard Franklin, the great Richard Franklin, basically Australia's Hitchcock who brings this cinematic delight to uh, to the masses, and he replicates all of the things that you would want, the stylistic choices of a Hitchcock movie, but you also get a little bit more of the contemporary slasher thrown in there. And yeah, they don't go as gratuitous, but I think those punches were necessary for a movie made in you know the 80s as opposed to a movie made in the 60s. But I just I love this film. Uh, Anthony Hopkins is fantastic. Uh I think he should have been nominated. I'm being flat out honest with you. I think he gave an Oscar-worthy performance because you have such sympathy for him and you don't get that in, in Psycho 3 because he's directing the movie and his attention was on the aesthetic and not on, you know, you know, his performance. So my choice is psycho two and I yield my time.
4: Wow. Five seconds left. That's, that may be a record, Brandon has
3: time left. I approve. Um, so time's up. All right. So psycho two will be, uh, going on for the round. If you'll write that down on our bracket there. Keep my handwriting. So gotcha. Open. I'm embarrassed by it.
5: I'm ashamed of my handwriting.
3: All right, qualifying round number <clears throat> two. This is the Texas Chainsaw Massacre series. The winner of this qualifying round will be assigned bracket number eight. Gotcha. All right, our sequels: Texas Chainsaw Massacre Two. Leatherface, Texas Chainsaw Massacre 3, which our friend Mick Strawn worked on. And, uh, I hope we're not jumping the gun, but we may be doing something at uh, Briar Frankencon uh, regarding this film with some people involved with it. So, hint, hint, look for that down the line. Uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre The Next Generation a baffling sequel that I'm hoping no one chooses (laughs) Uh, we have the 2003 Texas Chainsaw Massacre remake we have its prequel Texas Chainsaw Massacre The Beginning we have the often maligned uh, Texas Chainsaw 3D and we have its prequel Leatherface making their two films in this series called Leatherface (laughs) and then we have the most recent film that went straight to Netflix Texas Chainsaw Massacre as opposed to the Texas Chainsaw Massacre giving three movies called Texas Chainsaw Massacre. It's confusing. (laughs) It's super confusing. All right. I'm going to be up first. If you want to put two minutes on the clock, I'm going to argue my point. All right. Ready? Three, two, one, go. I had trouble choosing because there are a lot of these movies that I genuinely like. And you could probably argue that Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2003 – is a better made movie. It has a better plot. Um, it's something that's going to appeal to a wider audience. But I got to go with canon. Texas Chainsaw Master 2 is a gonzo, uh, fun filled uh, amusement park ride. It's nonsense for the sake of nonsense. Bill Mosley is Chop Top arguably as iconic uh, as the the killer that he's, you know, playing second fiddle to. The great Bill Johnson as Leatherface. We have Jim Seedow coming back from the original, the, the only returning cast member. But then the the star of the movie, we have Dennis Hopper. The immortal Dennis Hopper. I'll fuck anything that moves, Dennis Hopper! <laughs> A movie that he said was the worst piece of shit he ever worked on, and, and mind you, Dennis Hopper was in some terrible movies over the <laughs> course of his career. That being said, this movie is one that like a lot of people hated, but over over time, people have found its place. And it, it was it was ahead of its time. It's a comedy as opposed to a a horror film, where the first movie has comedic elements kind of buried under its narrative. They put the comedy up front. Tom Savini and his amazing special effects. Texas Chainsaw Master 2 deserves uh, to be reveled with. It, it's it's just shy of perfect, but that's close enough for me. Texas Chainsaw master 2 is my choice. I yield my time.
4: 23 seconds left. So we're going to go to Anthony now with uh, two minutes and make your argument
5: now. All right. We've always been told, we said it to ourselves, we're the flip side of the same coin. Two was almost my choice. I had to go with a 2003 remake, especially... And when I thought about what, what split the difference is I never got to see part two in the theater. It was home video. We were kids, so I could enjoy it. If I went out and made that movie, My Night, when I wanted a Texas Chainsaw Massacre sequel, I'd have been pissed. 2003, I had no expectations. It was like, it might be tolerable. It is well acted. Fucking Army, early Army. It was fucking amazing. He's the, he's the breakout best thing about it, the amazing mask design, the relentless violence of the movie for especially an early 2000s theatrical release was the tone, the score, uh, Jessica Beale could get it, um, whole day. that tank top, uh, just it is a superior sequel as a horror movie, it gave me what I wanted out of a horror movie experience, it's something I think 3 tried to do, I love three. Don't get me wrong. I, I For most part, I even kind of have like an ironic love of Next Generation, but it's very mild. I could only watch it like once, maybe every six years. All of them <laughs> I enjoyed. I enjoyed Leatherface, the prequel Leatherface where he's the kid and you know the whole time it's not the bad one, it's the other one. But the 2003 remake gave me that like a, adrenaline rush you want out of a slasher sequel. That's what I wanted. I like when that girl pulls a gun out of her pussy and blows her (laughs) brains out. I knew the movie was starting off hard and it kept going from there. (laughs) I yield my time. All right.
3: All right. Jason. Now you have been given the, given the unfortunate task of choosing either between Texas Chainsaw Massacre two or the 2003 Texas Chainsaw Massacre remake. Um, the floor is yours. Okay. So, uh,
4: Early 20 something me went to see Texas Chainsaw Massacre, uh, the remake in the theater. And I will say I was very disappointed in Jessica Bill's lack of titties. And, Same. uh, you know, to me, that, that movie, as much as Tony defended it, and it, it is pretty decent in the, the realm of sequels. It seemed to go in circles. It was like they were running away. They were coming back. They were running, like it was very cyclical and, I, uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2, for some reason, it is just such a different beast. But the epitome of what a sequel should be pokes fun at itself. It's it's amazing. I'm going to go with Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2. I'm not
5: mad about it. It was my close second. So, I mean, I totally get that. But
3: All right. We'll add that on to our, our bracket and we'll move on to our next round. And just for the record, I, I love the remake of Texas yeah. Chainsaw Massacre. It's probably the greatest slasher remake. That's really You're wrong. Go- really? What? Oh, no, no. We'll talk about it. Oh. Oh, oh no. Oh, no. no. Oh, yeah. He's
4: going to piss you the fuck off.
3: I think I think we're about yep. to have this conversation. Uh, it's going to be a war. It's, it's not, not the first here. time. All right. Our, our next round, this is qualifying round number three, is going to be focusing on the Evil Dead series. The winner of this qualifying round will be assigned bracket number three. Our sequels include Evil Dead 2,
0: Dead by Dawn, Dead by Dawn,
3: Army of Darkness, and 2013's Evil Dead. Now, there's also been three seasons of an excellent TV series and an upcoming film called Evil Dead Rise, but we're not going to include those in our rankings uh, because TV show, that's just too much ground to cover in an argument, and the new movie hasn't come out, so we don't know if it's good or bad. Tony, you got the floor. Put two minutes on the clock, Jason. Two minutes on the clock. And let's
4: see. Reset. Okay. And Tony,
5: three, two, one. 2013 Evil Dead remake by a mile. I love the Three Stooges style of uh, Army of Darkness. The Gonzo, not even trying to be scary. I love the kind of scary Way Over the Top Horror too. But this movie hit me in the fucking mouth. I was not expecting to even like it, let alone love it, let the... licit gore, practical gore effects, lightly used with, you know, a little CGI when needed. Talk about slasher, it is the, the fucking electric bread slicer, oh god, that shit. And it goes gonzo like the sequels at the end when she cuts off her fucking hand and fighting the dead fucking zombie thing, and the raining <laughs> blood and the relentlessly overwhelmingly oppressive tone that kind of match, like, the, fir- the first one still has over-the-top you know, kind of, kind of, it's not very comedic. There's little touches. This one. Fucking! It's it's raping your eyeballs with horror that keeps getting worse and worse, and then out of nowhere you think the hero. is, said no, he dies. The person originally possessed goes through the exorcism ritual, ritual successfully, and then has to fight the final boss demon. The only letdown of the movie that it would the design could have been better, but fucking in a raining blood with a severed hand. It is a fucking masterpiece, and uh. It's to, to, uh, miles away from the entertainment factor I got from the others that I love. I still got 20 seconds. No, those, the others can't be touched. They should be like separate, especially Army of Darkness. Cause it's, it's, it's a Marx Brothers cartoon. This one is eye raping horror at its finest.
4: Done. Nice. Four seconds to go and we'll go to Brandon with Evil Dead. What is your uh, what is your pick? Am I, am I time going? No, not yet. <laughs> Ready? Yeah. In three, two, one, go.
3: All right. My pick, and I'm going to make the e- easiest argument in the world for this as to, as to why it's the greatest sequel to Evil Dead, and that'd be Evil Dead 2 Dead by Dawn your mo- your movie i'm not going to argue against your movie too much it is everything uh, a sequel or a you know a reboot to evil dead should be but even though it has a cameo it lacks the most important component to what makes evil dead evil dead and that be bruce campbell in the role that he made famous ashley j williams in this movie you get something that is Everything the first movie was on fucking steroids. You have a seat C- and a CGI, but a, uh, a claymation woman dancing naked in the moonlight. Hot. You have a Freddy, <laughs> a, Fre- a a Freddy glove in a work sh- in a workshop. Uh, we kind of touched on it before. You have Bruce Campbell's evil hand fucking Three Stooges flipping him, and um, you have a cat and mouse and him shooting it and through the fucking walls. You have a chainsaw hand. You have fountains of blood that are so fucking red that somehow they manage to uh, break the technicolor barrier. This movie is everything a sh- sequel should be in the vein of Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2. They went bigger. They went bolder. They went funnier. The... Technical effects in this movie, early KMB, everything about this movie just sings Evil Dead to the point where most people, not including I, oddly enough, hailed this as being not only the best sequel, but the best movie Of all time, in some cases. This is a movie that, like, some people absolutely (laughs) worship. And I completely understand why. Bruce Campbell's fantastic. The Deadites are awesome. If you don't like this movie, you can get a colonoscopy from a sledgehammer, for all I care. I'll yield my time. Wow. Uh, Eight seconds left.
5: I mean, I don't disagree with anything you've said, except that it's miles better. You had one good point about Bruce... I'm sorry. Where are you? Jason, it's your... I'm a little buzzed. I uh, am, I, Ditto. I, I am as well. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so are we going to have rebuttals? Do we need rebuttals? Do you need do, a
4: rebuttal? You're the yeah, one that's yeah. like... Yeah, let's this. do one-minute rebuttals each. Uh, you've heard each other's pre- presentations here. Uh, Tony, you go for... Actually, Brandon is going to go first this time because Tony went first last time. Uh, give me one minute of
3: why I should pick you. And go. All right. So here's the thing about... Evil Dead 2013. It has a cameo by Ash in it at the very, very end. And I would respect this movie a lot more. Had they not included that? Cause that's, that's 100% fan service in a not in a way that is not satisfying. You throw him in there just because, Oh, people remember groovy. If you're going to have Ash in the movie, fucking have Ash in the movie. Let the movie stand on its merits. And my biggest, uh, bugaboo about this movie is that it's called Evil Dead. If it was called Evil Dead with a colon and had a subtitle, like the new one does, Evil Dead Rise, I probably wouldn't have a problem with it. I've only seen this movie once. I was so drunk, I don't remember a lot about it. There was a lot of blood. The the kills were cool. But Evil Dead 2... Fuck everything about that is iconic. The scene where Ash is losing his mind, and you've got the fucking uh, the the deer head, or was it was it a, a moose? I don't fucking remember. Anyways, it's great. It's a great fucking movie. That was like time, time.
4: <laughs> Ugh. All right, ready? Let's see. Tony's gonna get two minutes. On no, one no, no, minute. One, minute. One, minute. one minute. One minute. Fuck. One minute. Okay. Yeah, that that alcohol hit a little. Did you didn't you
3: didn't give me two minutes? Did you?
5: No, again,
4: no I gave you one. one. And okay.
5: three, two, one. All right. It's hard to argue against Evil Dead 2. I fucking love that movie, but you're right about only one thing. The lack of Ash, Bruce Campbell's Ash Williams is the only mark against the superior shot, uh, lovingly, uh, practical effects that are horrific to watch. That genuinely, the glass in the eye, the meat coming off the hand, the fucking nail guns, the oppressive tone. We forgive a lot of sins of Evil Dead 2, because Bruce Campbell is the fucking man. But there are, there's the iconic hand, you know, the losing your mind, the hand scene, and there's a lot of filler bullshit I forget about happens every time, like with the woman and the guy coming back, and all this other shit that you forget, oh yeah, that's in the movie too. I don't forget a single fucking second of this relentless fucking oppressive horrific nightmare that is the new one and at its core they, it, it does what the
3: person oh you your choice Damn you, don't it. Remember, Damn I, it. you don't remember you don't remember the be- women scene because you're a misogynist well That's yeah they're, they're not in a kitchen so why remember
5: <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> I'm just playing I love you Sarah <laughs> cancel and all as, my teenage daughters as step- daughters. much
4: as much as I want to give this to Tony because he made a fucking impassioned argument I mean we can't discount like how many how many pre or pubescent boys jerked off to claymation for the first time. I thought you Watch. were going to me. Mean, pubescent boys jerked off to Bruce Campbell. But man, mean. I mean, Brandon, maybe. Uh, chin cleavage. I mean, the inclusion of Bruce Campbell and the exceptional movie that was Evil Dead 2. I got to give it to Evil Dead 2.
5: I, again, I can't be mad at any of these. Term. And I knew that was the one that was going to piss Brandon off the most because it took me years, my 40th birthday, and him being blind, stinking drunk to get him to watch it, all because it didn't say, Evil Dead Colon, I'm a butter baby.
4: Uh, for those of you who don't know, Brandon abhors remakes. Uh, Not always, but generally. generally. <laughs>
5: necessary yeah. and well done. And
4: basically, any uh, any horror movie made after the PG-13 era era that's I mean
3: not that this is PG-13 but just no, it's definitely not PG-13. No. I'll give the remake yeah. that. Yeah. They they went for the fucking jugular. And uh maybe I should rewatch it sober someday. Probably won't, but <laughs>
5: here, here here's a half compromise. rewatch it half buzzed, you know, oh, Yeah, they're mildly drunk.
3: Yeah, that's fair cuz we were really fucking yeah, drunk. Yeah, it was a
5: 40th birthday party drunk.
3: Whew, who's 40
5: 40? My 40th, yeah. Nice. He's
3: not had that yet. no not no. yet. coming soon no. i'm going to shoot him up with meth and heroin that coming night. to a i'm going to be 30 nearly. i'm going to be 39 next year so i still got a ways to go i'm still in my sexy Fucking 30s baby. yeah that little baby <laughs> <laughs> Barely got pubes. <laughs> What's the next franchise? All right, our next franchise is the Halloween series. The winner of this qualifying round will be assigned bracket number two. That's a, one. That's two. a tough one, for real. And this one, uh, probably to date, may be the most successful... Uh, money-wise, because... The two uh, recent, uh, yeah, they're, they're, recent. Yeah, recent they, these have been blockbusters. But, see, you can't really count that also because different film companies have owned it. You that's, that's true, that's true. But I'm saying... Overall, money-wise, oh yeah. All right, so we have Halloween 2, Halloween 3, Season of the Witch... Halloween 4, The Return of Michael Myers. Halloween 5, The Revenge of Michael Myers. Halloween, The Curse of Michael Myers. Halloween H20, 20 years later. Halloween Resurrection. Rob Zombie's Halloween. Rob Zombie's Halloween 2. Halloween 2018. Halloween Kills. And most recently, Halloween Ends. We have... Two movies called Halloween. Two. We have three movies yeah. called Halloween. Oh, <laughs> uh, it's it's uh, a whole bunch of bullshit. But I, I'm gonna start. It's like a choose your own adventure, though. You could watch the Laurie Strode, the Curse of the it's Thorn. True. I mean, it's fun. It, it is more interesting in that way. You can watch um, the
5: obvious best one, Resurrection, over uh, and over yeah. and over. Oh, like,
3: how yeah. dare you? How how dare you ape the sentiments of Travis Laster?
5: Dude, I almost wrecked my car at the end of it because he'd sold that joke so well. He's like, this is the first
3: time I've ever seen it. Love you, Travis. In my years, I almost wrecked my car. I laughed so hard. So fuck you again, Travis. Before being funny. <laughs> All right, I'm I'm gonna be starting this round out. Put two minutes on the clock. Two minutes are on the clock and. Go. Nineteen eighty-one, the banner year for slasher films, where you had uh, Friday the Thirteenth Part Two, The Burning, The Prowler, Evil Dead Part One. Like, I mean, you, you, so many horror films came out in that year, and Universal realizing, like, wait a minute, we can snatch up the rights for Michael Myers and make a fucking mint. Halloween 2, written by John Carpenter and Deborah Hill, uh, directed by Rick Rosenthal, uh, photographed by the great Dean Cundy, who would go on to do Back to the Future and several, you know, A list pictures. This is a really, really beautiful looking movie. It's moody. It's slow, it's tense, and it still has all of the slasher elements contemporarily that you would want. Yeah, it's probably following... The leader, a little bit with a post Friday the 13th world, but the kills in this movie are fantastic. You've got the nurse that gets the syringe through the back, and you see that shot of her clogs falling down. Fucking fantastic. You have that big titted woman that gets her fucking face melted in the hot tub, which makes no sense because her fucking It's a great fucking movie. There you go, 45 seconds. Oh, Jesus Christ, you're fucking me up. (laughs) Um, uh, But my favorite Michael Myers. You've got uh, the great stuntman um, doing... It. He walks through fucking glass. His his energy vibrates at the same uh, quantum level, and he's able to just walk straight through it. I think it's a great fucking sequel, and I wish the series had ended there. That's my fucking uh, soapbox to stand on. Bold, bold. I yield my time.
4: Yeah, 10 seconds left. So
3: uh,
4: we're going to go to Tony with two minutes. What's your choice, Tony?
5: Swear to God, Brandon, we're always so close. Two is, are you start, start my time. Yeah. All right, two is almost my pick. It really is, I love it for all the same, but it does, it follows the pack, the fucking Jamie Lee Curtis's wig. I got to go 2018. John Carpenter score, the amazing kills, the great acting. We're not going to, we're going to forget about how you feel about the sequels that followed that. Jamie Lee Curtis putting, you know, giving it her fucking all, showing the trauma, resetting the timeline, having the balls to do that. You know, it's funny as hell. The little kid getting babysitted. Um, Again, one of the major things is John Carpenter's fucking score. They even throw in the little twist. Uh, He's not the new Dr. Loomis. He's a bad guy. So they kind of gave you, even in that early installment, that they're going to make choices you don't like, maybe. The fucking gore is top-notch. When he stomps that motherfucker's head open like a rotten watermelon, <laughs> like I was just standing up and cheering. I wish that's where it would have ended. I wish would lock you in the house. I wish Jamie Lee Curtis would have died in the house fire to make sure he burnt to death. That's how much <laughs> I was rooting for this shit. It is hands down. And I love all of them. I had to discount three. I was telling Brandon earlier because I don't think it's... Anyway... We're not getting into it. Uh, five sucks and eight sucks. So, this is the only ones that completely suck. I don't like five. Five has a couple good kills. Eight has the, the feminist girl's titties, and that's mm-hmm. it. Uh, but no, 2018 gave me every single thing I've ever wanted from a Howl. And because, again, it's, it's one of the first ones that doesn't take itself. It's serious when it comes to Michael. But it adds levity that's not obnoxious and annoying like the one chicken five. That's all the time I need. 2018. Whoop
3: whoop. Four seconds left. But before you uh, <laughs> uh, render, Ooh. before you render your verdict. Yes. I I also discounted Halloween three. Because if I'm honest with myself, that's really my pick. Yeah, I mean, it's fucking Tom Atkins with a mustache. But Fuck I, you, he but, beats Michael. But I didn't. I didn't choose that simply out of the fact that it, it is. It's, it's not. It, it's the. Yeah. It's the detour of the of the series. Yeah, it's an independent so, movie. I mean, um, so unofficially, only unoffic- three were unanimous. Unofficially, we agree. Yeah. All right. So I'll, I also think I should get a rebuttal because my time no. got fucking fucked. Because oh. So let's let's fuck. Then we're, with
4: gonna, do a bit. we're yeah, gonna do we're rebuttals. Yeah, do rebuttals. How many do rebuttals? Uh, Tony, go first on the
5: rebuttal this time. It's a fucking knockoff of every slasher that's going out. Then the hot tub kill is awesome. It does have tits. Good for it. Uh, Dick Warlock. Dick Warlock was that? Yes, he, he's my favorite <laughs> looking name. Michael. You're right about that. Fucking Jamie Lee Curtis is phoning the man with the bullshit wig. They shoot him twice in the fucking eyes. And he's still just hacking around. He can still see the eyes. I like the way, yeah, let's fucking blow this fucker up. Let's end this. That's good. But, man, it is so derivative that it, like, no. I, no, it is far inferior to the better written, better acted, better kills, 2018. I yield.
4: Fifteen seconds to go. Tony's uh, pretty confident there.
3: Let's give one minute to Brandon and go. Halloween 2018 is called Halloween, which is fucking stupid. I I think it's an overall aesthetically pleasing movie, but here's my problems with it. Number one, you have Jamie Lee Curtis, who is giving a great performance, and I will I will agree with you that I her performance is, is, is better in this than it is in Halloween 2. However, the end of this movie is fucking Home Alone shenanigans taken to the umpteenth degree. The ending of Halloween 2 is superior because, yes, he's slashing at nothing, and, and Loomis uh, basically sacrifices himself knowing that he cannot let evil escape now the evil overlords wouldn't let michael fucking die so he had to be brought back and the thing that people are pros and cons about in this movie is that they're they're siblings and i like that they're siblings because it gives you a reason for them to be caught and howling 2018 undoes that so that's my time time make your
4: decision damn it I'm gonna go with Tony on this one. Whoop, whoop. Let's go with
5: Halloween 2018. Though honestly, again, two was my like second pick, but it's Jamie Lee Curtis was the deciding factor in my decision for 2018 because she didn't give a shit to be in part two, and you could tell it.
3: One thing that we neither one of us mentioned, uh, but it's probably the the best scene. Both of them have a wonderful tracking shot through a house. You have him going through the Elrod house in part two, but then you have Marion Singh, Marion Singh, who was on our our podcast, who has probably my favorite kill of of the Halloween twenty eighteen, where comes up behind her, and you know you have that shot of her looking through the window. That that's great stuff. So I I agree. I will I will agree with the decision at hand. Um, You know, it's it is like a choose your own adventure, and if you want, uh, you know. Grambo, Grandma Rambo. The <laughs> Halloween twenty eighteen is the best choice.
5: I, I need to sit in when you and Eddie talk about uh, Halloween ends because I've got some thoughts. that You're just going to eat him up.
3: I don't. I am I'm, I'm still processing Halloween ends. Hmm. I'm still processing it. All right. Up next, qualifying round number five. We have the Friday the Thirteenth series. Ooh. The We're either
5: going to agree you're completely like. The, we know what we like.
3: The winner of this qualifying round will be assigned bracket position number one. The number one seed. All right. So we've got Friday the 13th, part two, which may or may not be coming up on a future episode. In, uh whenever a Friday the 13th comes up, check your calendars. You'll be able to wither <laughs> that down. We also have Friday the 13th, part three in 3D. Ooh. Friday the 13th, the final chapter. Friday the 13th, five, a new beginning. Friday the 13th, part six, Jason lives. Friday the 13th, part seven, the new blood. Friday the 13th, part eight, Jason takes Manhattan. Then we move on to the new line era. Jason goes to hell, the final Friday. Jason X, Freddy versus Jason. And we have the remake from 2009, just simply called Friday the 13th. Tony, you're up first. Put two minutes on the clock, Jason. Two minutes on the clock. And ready, Tony? And... Go, Brad right 13, part
5: six, Jason Lewis. I had to. It goes back and forth between four, but I think that's actually doing that episode with Fat Fuck Scott. Miss you. Sorry, you're in the frozen wasteland of Ohio. <laughs> uh, sold it. It just has a better atmosphere. Awesome kills. It does the sequel thing where, okay, we're at part six now. We're going to mock James Bond's opening moves and does the gun barrel <laughs> slash opening. Uh, the funny kills. It's, um, she doesn't show her tits, but she's like my hottest, like my favorite side girl, the sheriff's daughter. Like it's just, it's overall. I, I part of me, I almost went with Jason goes to hell because I topped myself up. I rewatched little pieces, and it just tries so much weird different shit. But I had to go six, six, and that's. I saw that very young, and when he goes into the water after Tom Matthews, and he just sinks under, it's scary as shit. And that's one thing that made me mad about the. Freddy versus Jason. He's scared of water. Fuck you. He's always in water. <laughs> but no, six is just balls out Gonzo from second one on screen to the very fucking end. I yield my time. I can't. I'm correct.
4: Fuck, 45 seconds left. And oh what? I'll uh,
5: use three seconds of that to be like if Brandon doesn't pick one, he's gonna go with the other, and I also have no argument against it.
4: Can awesome. Two minutes on the clock. Two minutes on the clock. And Brandon
3: Lane go. My choice is Friday the 13th, the final chapter. And to use a phrase 100% against my competitor here, Friday the 13th, the final chapter, is the apotheosis of what a slasher sequel should be. You have a fully realized Jason. This is the last time, in my opinion, Jason was genuinely scary. Now, yeah, maybe there are moments throughout the series where he has scary moments, but this is the last time where he was a formative... Uh, foe and not a uh, over the top, you know, killing machine. You have a child in danger. That adds stakes to the movie, and yeah, there are elements of that in part six. But you know for a fact they're not going to kill a kid, and 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 Jason lives. But you you think well, maybe they'll kill Corey Feldman in this movie? Just maybe he tries. At he at fucking he does. Fucking try. Um, you've got a great cast. The nudity is good. It's not top notch nudity. It's not part five, but it is definitely <laughs> along the better lines. You have really good acting. Joseph Zito. I'm just going to say it for for sake. I think that uh, 4, 6, and, and crucify me as you will, part 8 are the best-looking movies of the entire series. But here's the reason why part 4, the final chapter, is the best. This movie is the last time Jason was scary. And they gave you everything you could possibly want. They killed the character definitively. And po- post this point, it's almost a different fucking character. You have... Ch- children and teens, uh, uh, both being terrorized. The kills are awesome. Um, so I-, I think this movie just it stands above the rest as being the best scary horror film of the entire series. I yield my time.
5: Yeah, I can't wow. argue. I'm not going to argue any point. It's like uh, only a fraction for me below. So
3: you give, give us a rebuttal. Come on, give us a rebuttal. Oh, I'm going to give you, you a have rebuttal. A solid, I'm
4: going to give you a rebuttal, even though. I don't kind want to talk thing. shit on part four, though. Be That's some the thing. Uh,
5: so, you go, Tony. You got one All day. right. I agree with all that. Ted White is fucking amazing. That's the best... the One of the best uh, Jason-intimidating physical threat acting things in any slasher movie. When he's busting through this wall... I, I'm not saying... Any, there's nothing wrong with the movie. It fucking... It has the dance, but... It's still part four. It's still, it's not scary. I mean, it's the last time they attempted to do a scary Jason. I was never, ever, when I saw that, scared ever. Maybe when he kills the little hunter guy a little bit. And I knew they weren't going to kill Corey uh, Feldman. But part six is just like, hey, you know, we're going to rock out with our cock out. This is what the fuck we're doing with Jason. Now, he's a motherfucking zombie who punches holes in horse shack and folds cops in half. So, and Alice fucking Cooper. So, suck it.
4: Nice. Three seconds to go. Uh, Brandon, you get your one minute and go.
3: There is no nudity in Jason Lives. And to, and to say that it is the greatest of a slasher s- sequel. You stated it earlier. A slasher sequel has to have nudity in Exceptions it. Exceptions to every rule. <laughs> and Tom McLaughlin was smart in not including nudity. That way he'd get away with more kills in the movie. But the kills are a little more cartoony. Now there, there are some effective kills throughout the movie don't get me wrong but the kills in fucking part four in particularly when you see a sh- shaved head Corey Feldman just walloping the dead body of Jason and his head slides down that fucking thing that is the teetotal best fucking kill uh, of maybe ever in slasher movies I I, I put it up there with uh, the Hindenburg disaster is this is and memorable I yield my time Four seconds left. The face slide's
5: not even as good as the chopped and half chicken Jason goes to hell. The the franchise itself has better kills. So... Anyway, it's up to you. I'm fine either way because they're both amazing masterpiece movies. And I have no...
4: Brandon gets the nod in this one. I mean... Corey Feldman. This, this is all biased referee movie, in a way. I mean, bias referee over oh, here. His you've, got the, you've got what? the voice of copper from Fox and the Hound. He's at peril. You're, you're making me want to change my fucking, he's, my <laughs> fucking argument. He's going to be killed. I mean, there's something about uh, the final chapter that just goes. D- don't get me wrong.
3: I love part six. Yeah, I, and, I love and part I, four. I, I'm fine. I think that it, it is overall a better more enjoyable movie. So, I mean, really, you throw a dart. There was no wrong answer to that. Either one of these. There were only two right answers. Well, but I still stand by the fact there should have been nudity. There, there should have been be. I'd yeah, love that to that seen at least one titty from titties? the sheriff's Daughter. Come on.
5: Or even the chick the metalhead bangs in the fucking trailer. That would have been fine. Oh, yeah. Pop a titty out of her unbuttoned shirt. Don't think you I were, didn't try it.
3: You, you want to know something really quick while we're on the subject? What? Her character... Um, Per vengeance part two actually survives having her fucking head rammed through an rv because she shows up in that movie i, didn't see it I movie. mean it's a, it's a fan yeah. film but i mean she got brain damage at least no she no she got, got no fucking scars <laughs> she's just like you that's know that's darcy Demoss, and um it's like of, of all the women that should have actress her, yeah okay should well, have showed her fucking tits darcy Anybody named Darcy. Anybody anybody named Darcy, Darcy show your fucking tits. I'm getting really fucking buzzed right now. Um, all right. We're going to move on to our qualifying round number six. We have a nightmare on Elm Street. The series uh, most associated with, you know, the glory days of MTV and the, the entirety of the 1980s. This winner of this qualifying round will be assigned bracket number seven. We have Not Elm Street Part Two, Freddy's Revenge, Not Elm Street Three, Dream Warriors, Not Elm Street Four of The Dream Master, Not Elm Street Five. Uh, Dream Child is that what it's Dream called? Dream Child, I, yeah. I left the colon off because you can tell I didn't give a fuck. Yeah, five. <laughs> um, Nobody's gonna pick five. <laughs> Freddy's Dead, The Final Nightmare, Wes Craven's A New Nightmare, Freddy versus Jason, and Nightmare on Elm Street Twenty Ten. This is actually the one, uh, the one point between it and Friday the Thirteenth where we both we have Freddy versus Jason that could be either the, the best yeah, of either right, series. Yeah. So I mean, I'm not, I don't want to jump the gun, but I'm I mean, as a like possibility, uh, I'm gonna start this round off. Put two minutes on the clock. All right. And three, two, one. Cooler heads and more objectionable people would probably choose Dream Warriors. And I can't necessarily argue against the reasons as to the why, because it's the definitive incarnation of what people think Freddy is. You know, the clown uh, popping wisecracks and all that. But I had to go with what I've already stated on the podcast. My favorite of the entire series, including the original is Not Merino Street 2, Freddy's Revenge. Not only do I think it's one of the best episodes we've ever done on this podcast, I love how Freddy looks. Kevin Yeager giving Freddy, I mean, a genuinely scary visage. And Robert England in this movie is so unrelentingly evil. And yeah, there's all the interesting Subtext with like Freddie helping a, a homosexual kid deal with his his latent homosexuality and, and and um how Freddie is defeated by the power of heterosexual love. It doesn't make any <laughs> fucking sense. But there's so much about this movie that I think is more in line with the original, even though it quote unquote breaks the rules. The Wes Craven incarnation of Freddie is the Dark, sadistic, and, um, he's the gallows humor plays a part, but much less it's the intimidation of a person who killed fucking children coming through and, uh, fucking with them in their dreams. I think that this is best represented in this movie, and yeah, it's a lot less imaginative than some of the sequels, but I think that's what I like about it, is that it's more straightforward, and it gives Robert England a chance to play a character as opposed to a caricature. I yield my time. Five
4: seconds to go. Wow, Brandon, you were uh, short-winded there. <laughs>
5: All right, ready? And Tony, three, two, one hot dog finger knives that's why i disagree with you (laughs) but i do love i agree with all everything you said about it but uh great elements hide glaring flaws in the movie lane kills no nudity part three is the obvious correct answer of all the sequels of any horror movie franchise except arguably part four and. Uh, Friday the 13th. It is the definitive sequel. You raise the stakes. You put these kids in isolation. Uh, they change. It does my rules. It has more nudity. Uh, it, it changes location. It ups the ante. It returns an original Nancy comes back. The great, uh, Heather Langenkamp, who, whose farts I'd still sniff. And she's like 70. And I'm not into farts. (laughs) <laughs> but if just to say it could no, like Freddie, it's still, this is right before the tipping point of the gallows humor. Like he still got the like, come get him bitch. Yeah, that's a little my, but like Freddie is still an intimidating as fuck uh, menace in this movie. He, they doesn't, they do a little bit of part two where he's a danger in the real world. When they Ray Harry housing, his fucking skeleton to kill uh, John Saxon. But no, it's overall, it has the best cast of any of the movies. You love all these kids. You feel it when they die. You can argue that the puppet guy who gets killed early on, you don't get enough time with him, but even his couple scenes before then, that's one of the best kills in the entire Nightmare series is his puppet kill. Um, it's the chest of soul faces. That's where that was introduced. Um It's just a 100% better movie. Than part two, which is great and has a better tone for a horror movie, but it you have to forgive a lot of fucking sins to enjoy the good stuff from part two. Part three has no sin. Perfect movie.
3: And before before you levy your decision, I just want to say that I agree with everything Tony said. And this was this was, yeah. this, was this was a hard decision to make.
5: I knew what you were going to say, like, I, and I agree with a lot of your points. Too. And
3: I, I had I had to argue the point because I've I've made the point on the podcast. Yeah. But even when we did our part three episode, I had to concede that overall it is a better film. So I'm even tipping the cap a little more towards Tony.
5: Yeah, it's like you, it's like you defending part four. I,
3: there's nothing you said nothing wrong
5: about that movie. It's a perfect movie.
4: There's no John Saxon, but I'm going to go with part three because. Motherfucker, that's yeah. excellent. Great argument there, Tony. And we're gonna go with part three. There we go, Nightmare on Elm Street three. Well, there's there's the there's,
3: there's no scene where someone gets whipped titties, titties whipped titties and having balls hurled at them. But but Dream Warriors is pretty fucking good. As a Sears
4: catalog kid. We're going to give it to Nightmare on Elm Street three. Yeah. Oh. More titties, to yes. the best. Yes, the
3: the fucking scene where that woman, the topless woman, shoots her shoots her tongues, tongues out and, and confines uh, Joey to his bed. I have to say, I was like, why can't that be me? Like, I, I was I was envious of him ha- hanging over a portal to hell In because he had to see fucking titties. <laughs> Exactly.
5: Thank you, Cinemax. Jesus Christ. Exactly. That's where I saw it for the first time. The Reagan today. era. We had
4: to.
3: We had to deal with. Uh... God bless America. Yeah. America. yeah All right. Qualifying round number seven. We have the Child's Play series. Uh, the winner of this qualifying round will be assigned bracket number six. We have Child's Play two, Child's Play three. Bride of Chucky, Seed of Chucky, Curse of Chucky, Cult of Chucky, and the Child's Play 2019 Remake. Now, there's also been two seasons of a very good TV series, but we're not going to include those in our rankings. So, with that being said, Tony, up first, two minutes on the clock. All right, two minutes for
5: Tony. And three, two, one. This is the one again. I was conflicted, but my my actual choice because I rewatched. It's Curse of Chucky. I, there was there's a lot to be said for Seed of Chucky. Bride of Chucky has its defenders. It's two nineties for me. I'll agree with you on that. Like that's one of the bad things about it. Uh, but Curse of Chucky, as a sequel, goes back to the roots after having taken. I think the reason why I love it so much. They fucking have a, a gender non-binary doll child by this point, but they take it back to something fucking scary, menacing. And even th- you're watching the movie, I'm like, Chucky doesn't look right. This is stupid. It's covering the fucking scars from the still continuing the continuity. And when he looks at that little girl, she's like, I'm scared. And he laughs. He's like, you fucking should be. That scent chills up my motherfucking spine. And the reason for it is so petty that he's already responsible for this girl being fucking paralyzed. And the fact that it's the act Brad Doris' daughter playing her is so fucking great. And, you know, bringing Andy back at the very end for the little post-credit uh, no, it's it's hands out. But all of them. I'm not going to be mad about any of them except Part 3 is the only inferior sequel. I think they all have something to add. And they all do add to the mythos. This one just really adds that Charles Lee Ray is the most petty motherfucker on Earth. <laughs> <laughs> and he will come back for revenge no matter what. But no, uh, Curse of Chucky. Wow, 26 seconds
4: left on the clock. And we're going to shift to Brandon for uh, The ro- not pick part three it just to piss
3: me yeah, off. Yeah, I am. And three, two, one. Tony, what do I have written right here on my fucking... Curse
5: of Chucky! We're both men of good taste. Okay.
3: <laughs> when Curse of Chucky came out, I went into it blind. I'd never seen a trailer. Mm-hmm. I just knew that there was a new movie coming out. And I bought the Blu-ray. And it... Understandably... My my expectations were not super high. This is
5: the first one direct to video. Right? Direct okay. to video.
3: There was no reason for this movie to be as good as it was, but I have to say I have probably been more pleasantly surprised by the okay. later output of the Child's Play series than I have been by a lot of the series that have went you know straight to theater and you know have been had much more money put behind them. Don Mancini from the get go has made the Child's Play series and particularly the Chucky character more interesting because he's the only one you've seen actual growth from. He has an actual fucking character arc. He, you know, going from desperately trying to put his soul back into the body of Andy um, and being unsuccessful multiple times. And that is the the argument for against part three, because it's just retreading same old shit with a new location. My least favorite of the series is Brian Chucky, and that's one that a lot of people fucking love. And everybody hates Cena Chucky, but I fucking love, I love it. Too. I love that movie. How can you hate a movie with with um, uh, John, John, John Waters, John Waters yeah. um, <laughs> watching a puppet fucking masturbate? That's great stuff. So John anyways, this movie went a little bit more back to basics, but it still includes a lot of the, the 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 more contemporary stuff that I enjoy with the series. But Brad Dorf's daughter Fiona, she's fantastic, mm-hmm. and you have a a character that's in a wheelchair who is paralyzed at birth by the hands of Charles Lee Ray. That's a great story to tell. And the thing, hey, just keep going. We're just agreeing. It's a great. one on. it's, it's an agreement. L- 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 let me let l- me l- let me finish no. my point Guy, it's going to be the real yeah, talk. The great thing about the ending of this movie is that Nika, her character, yes. she fucking pays for this because they put her on trial and send her to the crazy house. Because, <laughs> um, I mean, she goes to trial. It's like, a fucking doll. I like, murdered my family and everything. Like, okay, bitch, you're going to the fucking insane asylum. <laughs> so I, I love that this movie had a downer ending. It put uh, Child's Play back, or the Chucky series, back on track. Um, the, the television show this season in particular, and it hinges a lot more in the seed of Chucky realm and a lot of people are probably not going to like it, but they did a, an apocalypse now fucking, uh, spoof that like, I, I, I stood up, I like jumped up my bed. And I'm like, I fucking love I'm this. I'm almost
5: done with season one. Cause you know, uh, Peacock, I'm almost, yeah. I'm loving it.
3: And I know some stuff that's in season two. But uh, that's uh, that's probably going to ruffle curse. some pepper, some feathers that we both chose. So so we're it's a both men of taste, okay? Because Child's Play Two it's is good, probably it's, fun. it's probably the best possible sequel you could have for a movie about a killer doll in the contemporary sense of what people expect from it. And I love that movie. But I thought that Curse of Chucky was a b- overall better film because you have Brad Dorff actually getting to act in a physical form playing the earlier version yeah. of Charles E. Ray. So, Obviously, I'm going to go
4: with both of you because, yeah. because Brad Dourif is the man. He's calling I mean, an audible and picking Chucky
5: 3. Or, <laughs> or. As
4: as a huge fan of One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, I love Brad Dorf. He's Billy he's Babbitt, his name? Yeah, he's Fuck a no brilliant stretcher. actor. He he sold that role in the best way and and he continues on with chucky i mean he's the highlight of the series honestly i mean throughout he's the constant and yeah. and he's the man brad dorff there we go curse chucky
3: All right, we're coming to uh, close our final qualifying round. This will be for Scream. The winner of this qualifying round will be assigned bracket position number four. Our sequels include Scream 2, Scream 3, Scream 4, and the strangely titled Scream from 2022 this and this this year the year of our lord now there's <laughs> been three seasons of a tv series but we're not going to include that in our ranking i haven't seen any of them because why
4: would I'll i watch one season it's horrible honest to god uh tony and i are just waiting to hear brandon defend any of these he's just be yeah, he shouldn't be should be disqualified it should only be what, what i decide all right, he I, fucking hates all of them I'm, so I'm going, let's go
3: and three two one brandon so, oddly enough, uh, the entry that I'm picking is a movie that Jason and I saw in the theater together. We we went to this uh, on a work day. We used to work together at a, a newspaper. And we, we decided that we are like, fuck it, let's go watch this movie opening day when we're supposed to be doing work. So, then my choice is Scream 4. Gun to my head, if I had to watch any of these sequels, I would choose Scream 4 for a couple of reasons. Number one... Uh, the chick from fucking, uh, Heroes, uh, what the fuck oh, is it Yeah. It's the yeah. only like thing her. I've ever liked her in. Um, she didn't so show I'm her, forward. she didn't show her titties, uh, so that's a big knock against this movie. Um, also, Allison Bree is in this movie and a knock against this movie. She doesn't show her titties. And that's back when, before she lost all the weight and she still had a little heft to her and those fucking tits were fucking perfect, uh, vis a vis the original run of Community. But if you're gonna if you're gonna do this this like the, the the problem I have with the the scream sequels is that they play this Scooby Doo nonsense so fucking straight and mm. to the detriment in particularly of part three which is has the most convoluted fucking storyline where like well I had an evil brother all along <laughs> but scream four they they embrace the nonsense and it's like well my cousin doesn't like that I'm famous so I want to get like TikTok famous or internet famous and i'm going to exploit the fact that she's written a book and coming back to our town by murdering a bunch of people i can i can appreciate the ridiculousness of it and that's what i don't like about the original series is that they're ridiculous movies and they play it too serious so i'm going to scream four i yield my time 15 seconds remaining
4: okay nice going brandon uh, so Reset. two minutes for brand or uh, anthony tony Anthony, Tony, right?
5: yeah, Tony, Bye, Tony, yeah. Anthony, whatever. Two minutes, go. It's scream four. Emma Roberts, Nev mm-hmm. Campbell, still super fucking hot. The thing, but you're wrong about everything you said, <laughs> except part three being overly <laughs> Scooby Doo. But that's the one they tried to do without Kevin Williamson. This one brought him back. Uh, Hayden Panettiere is awesome. It's the only thing I've ever really liked her in. <laughs> Emma fucking Roberts kills the shit. It has one of my great favorite one liners. Uh, of any, like, horror movie, there's one thing you forgot. Never fuck with the original. And, you know, when she kills her fucking cousin, uh, it's, I it's, think it's
3: better than the original, but that's it's, just me. You're
5: wrong there. You're wrong, because you were too young when the original came out to understand how, uh, te- tectonically, it shifted horror. And the first one didn't take itself... It tried to be... The first one tried to be scary, but it didn't take itself too seriously. He's like... You know, with Billy and Stu stabbing each other, we all crack it up and kind of like, what the fuck? This movie's crazy. But no, like, part four is the correct answer. You're right. I don't like that you're right because you don't deserve (laughs) to be right. (laughs) I couldn't pick the new one because they killed fucking Dewey. Spoiler warning. Fuck. Have you really not seen it? I really Um, haven't seen it. Well, yeah. He's dead. My bad. (laughs) And it, it was another one of those where I guessed who the killers were as a joke like part two. I guess part two exactly. I'm like, Roseanne's sister's Billy's mom, I bet. And she's with them As a gag goof. Part, if I was just going by Nev Campbell Hotness, it would have been part two all day. Every day. And she's hotter in part two than all the girls in fucking part four. Even the one that gets gutted and has a really badass death scene. But anyway, part four is right. There's no argument there. Well, obviously, it's part
3: four is going to be the answer, so... All right, Rant Army, we have our top eight slasher sequels moving into the quarterfinals. But first, here's some messages from our sponsors.
2: <laughs> Don't miss the Scream Queens Shockathon Horror Convention coming to Manchester, Tennessee on Saturday, February 18th. Guests include Candyman and Nightmare on Elm Street production designer Mick Strawn, Truth or Dare director Tim Ritter, Scream Queens Rebecca Reinhardt from The Embalmers, and Lane Huntington from Shark Exorcist Goronica and Gore Horror director Hugh Gallagher, Cannibal Hookers and. Demon Queen director Donald Farmer, plus many more surprises to come. Located at Prater's Barbecue, admission is free, but come hungry, but this delicious barbecue will be served all day. Plus, there's an open bar if you're over 21. Don't miss the horror fan event of 2023, the Scream Queen shock Exit 110 off Interstate 24. Enter there. For more information, find Scream Queen Shockathon on Facebook. You'll have a hell of a good time.
3: All right, Rant Army, it's down to eight movies, but only four can advance to the semifinals. Match number one, we've got Friday the 13th, the final chapter, going up against Evil Dead 2. I'm going to be starting off this round. Jason, if you'll throw two minutes up on the clock. Two minutes locked in. And Brandon goes in three, two, one. This is hard. This is very hard because these are both movies that I, I would pit against like any, anybody's choices for any, any genre, any time. They're both all, two all time classics. And I think if you were to hold a gun to your average person's head, they might choose Evil Dead 2. However, I have to go with my heart. Friday the 13th was my favorite series growing up. And if you look around here in the Black Lodge, it is well-represented uh, equally with <laughs> Ghostbusters. This is my favorite thing on the planet. So I'm going to have to go with Friday the 13th, the final chapter. And even though the title is misleading... By (laughs) fuck ton. It was the final chapter of human Jason. From this point on, you know, you've got part five with an imposter, which is its own whole can of worms, and part six and beyond where you've got unstoppable killing machine zombie Jason. But Friday the 13th, part four, I think is a better movie. Across the board than Evil Dead Two, um, it's probably not as entertaining to like to somebody. You put in just if you just put uh, a human being in front of the TV and said, "Which of these two movies do you enjoy?" But if you're looking at this strictly from a horror movie sense, Friday the Thirteenth Four is scarier. It's more serious. The kills are all memorable, and Evil Dead 2 is a more comedic movie. The Bruce Campbell is fantastic, but I'm going to have to put my sole ownership in which movie should advance in this tournament to Friday the 13th, the final chapter. I yield my time.
4: 17 seconds left on the clock, and we're going to go to Tony.
5: Tony, uh, your choice. I agree for many of the same reasons. It's it's the final chapter, uh, as I've said about part two. The amazing Bruce Campbell and amazing highlight scenes cover up a lot of the rougher spots. Part four of Friday the Thirteenth is one of the greatest movie horror movie sequels. You're right, Ted White's Relentless. I, this is what gets me pissed off and like Jason doesn't run. yet. that motherfucker runs in three and four. I can't really think of a running scene in two, but no, he runs in part two. Yeah, I'm sure. But uh it's it's overall like you have the double mint twins titties. You have uh you have real titties to jerk off to, not just stop motion ones. <laughs> uh so that automatically wins. <laughs> but no, for all the same reason, I love like what you said, it's super entertaining. Evil Dead Two is super entertaining, super gonzo over the top craziness that is, you know, even calling it a part two, it's almost like a reboot. quill They all are. Every every sub, subsequent sequel has been kind of like, well, yeah, well, I know it said this in the last one, but we're doing this one and this one. Because, you know, it ends with him in medieval times being hailed as the king <laughs> and, and at the end of part two. And in part three, he's a slave first and has to kill a fucking deadite and give his speech about his boomstick, which was one of Bruce Campbell's best things. But no, part four... Across the board is the superior sequel and should progress. Yeah. I yield my time. I don't, we agree.
4: 25 seconds left. It, there's no question. Friday 4. Uh it's it's that's it. Yeah, I mean it's, Friday, it's Friday 4. four that's man. the answer
3: so uh yeah all right uh, advancing will be friday the 13th uh if you'll put that down on there we'll, we'll continue to. on match number two and i think this one is going to be uh hotly contested i can already i can already hear a, done, the comment section below getting uh-huh. uh, heatly debated as well we have psycho 2 going up against dream warriors tony you're up first in two minutes
5: go tony it's Nightmare 3. I mean, you knew I was going to pick it. Is it as well-acted and well-directed as Psycho 2? No, it's not. Is it more imaginative? Balls-to-the-wall fun. Still kind of menacingly scary. Uh, more uh, pacing-wise consistent. Uh, it's it's the epitome of everything that a good 80s horror movie slasher sequel could be. Amplified, I would figure... I- It is a better sequel to the original than Friday 4 is to the original Friday. It defined the character. Part 4 is a really good entry, but not a character-defining entry. Part 4 set up, yes, for MTV Jason, which was more... You mean mean MTV Freddy. MTV Freddy. I do this every time we talk about these movies. MTV Freddy... But that didn't happen until Part 4 officially in my head, in my brain because he's still scary as fuck in 3, menacing as fuck aggressive as fuck and a little less lighthearted. hearted the unique premise of Part 2 for Psycho was really great it's like, like we discussed before it's the only way to pick it's the only way to bother to do a sequel to the original Psycho but Nightmare on Elm Street 3 is one of the greatest horror movie sequels ever. Um, and the scary thing was, is if this wins, it's going up against Friday 4. I'm going to have a hard time fucking picking, but Nightmare 3 is beautiful and bad. So, I have to go with my heart. I I can't pick Psycho 2. I yield my time.
4: 15 seconds to go. Brandon, you've got two minutes and
3: go. Fuck My life. I love both of these movies. And per the criteria of this tournament, Dream Warriors is the runaway decision. However, just for the sake of playing Devil's Advocate, I'm going to argue for Psycho 2, and here's why. When you have a movie like Nightmare on Elm Street, which lends itself to being able to sequelize your character, eventually you're going to hit a great sequel. I, I think that's just more more of a possibility than it ever was with a with a sequel for Norman Bates. This is a really cut and dry story, and they flip it on its head. You have your killer, who is now the protagonist of the story, And he's being antagonized by protagonists from the first movie, Lila Crane, who basically wants to provoke him into doing something. So he goes back because her sister was fucking murdered. So there are no real straight-ahead villains, even like, like Lila Crane. I mean, she's the antagonist of the film, but she's the one who has a justifiable reason for doing what she does. And then you have Meg Tilly playing Lila Crane's daughter, who is kind of thrust in the middle of this, and she kind of falls in love with the the heart that Norm Bates has. And you get a wonderful crescendo where... The, the fucking House of Cards falls in on itself. And then by the end of the movie, everything resets. Norman's fucking crazy again. Uh, Mrs. Spool, who you find out, who is immediately retconned in the next movie as being his mother, turns out to be his mother, and he fucking kits her with a shovel.
5: I love how he just wrote down the winner in the bracket. 40 yeah. seconds <laughs> left on the clock. It was a good argument. You are you are correct, that Elm Street was turn very the fucking sound off. Jesus <laughs> Christ meant to be sequelized. Psycho was not. We discussed earlier before recording. The sequels to the books are fucking bananas, and basically middle fingers to Hollywood for the making the first the movie. And it is a good argument. Listen, I knew I was going to lose. Oh no, yeah. As you like, that was. If that would have won, I would have left. I would have maybe hit Jason. I don't know this man. He's a good guy. I don't want to hit anybody. But yeah, he's like 40 seconds of the clock. He's just like Nightmare on Elm Street 3 in the winner bracket. But
3: I you, I do, I want to say mad respect for your argument. Good job. Well, thank you. I, I appreciate it. I knew I was going into a, a losing argument there, but I, I genuinely love Psycho 2. That's a great I, movie. It's fucking I think great. It's, it legitimately is one as, of the greatest sequels ever as made. As a movie in general, taking it out of its
5: specified genre, it's a better movie than Nightmare on Elm Street 3. Better acting, better directing. It's
3: considerably less fun than it's a lot
5: less fun, but it's a better serious movie. Like it still managed to be, even though the premise is is kind of balls out crazy, too. So, So anyway, good job. As much as
4: I love Norman Bates and as much as I love Anthony Perkins, there's no doubt Nightmare on Elm Street 3 in the uh, slasher sequel showdown. That's gonna go. Yeah. It, because that is a slasher by definition. It it meets all the criteria. Yeah, Nightmare Norman Bates doesn't
5: 3. even slash, he hits with a shovel. Yeah. So it's not a slasher at all. It should be disqualified. There's more, slashing more real- in the movie. It's just not <laughs> by uh, Norman no, no. more
4: realistic, maybe. But yeah, well yes. <laughs> but but yeah. Nightmare on Elm Street Three, the clear victor in this I'm not even mad about series. it. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I appreciate
5: you it. having to put in Argue the impossible, knowing it was impossible, and still doing a pretty good job of arguing it. All
3: right. Our third matchup in the quarterfinal round is Halloween 2018 going up against Scream 4. I'll be starting off this round. Jason, two minutes on the clock. Two minutes on the clock, and go. Well, this should come to no shock of what movie I'm going to be picking, but I'm going to be picking Halloween 2018 as opposed to Scream 4. I think Halloween 2018 was a really smart decision because of all the slasher movie franchises, with the exception of maybe Texas Chainsaw Massacre, Mm -hmm. Halloween has the most confusing continuity out of all of them. You have one and two, pretty solid continuity. Then they make part three, which is just like (laughs) a wonderful detour of all the movies that came before it. Four, five, and curse you know, still in that uh continuity, but removing the main, your main protagonist and giving you a new one. And people love those movies and I can for the most part understand why. Even though I think really only one of them is actually a good movie. Four. Far four, yes. Yeah. Um then you have uh the movies that disregard uh part three through six, you know, with uh, H2O, which I think is a really overrated movie, albeit with a fantastic ending and then you have Resurrection, which is one of the worst movies ever made <laughs> you have the Rob Zombie duology and um, despite the fact that like I should hate them, I can't entirely hate them because they're so fucking creative that there's something about them I actually, in some ways, I think I prefer the second one, which is just the most ridiculous of all of them and then you have this new trilogy um, aside from the fact that Halloween 2018 is just called Halloween rather than Halloween Returns, I think it streamlined the continuity and went back to basics they're not brother and sister you have a just a cat and mouse story Michael is intimidating and even though it gets wacky at the end everything else I think works except for crazy doctor Sartain uh, B+, Halloween 2018 <laughs>
4: Alright, and now we go to Tony to argue his point.
5: This is a hard one because both of these are my picks. I'm going Scream 4 for one reason. When the original Scream came out, it was a meta-commentary on slashers in general. In the uh, Since the end of the, the original trilogy, which Part 3 sucks, let's just all be real... Deb Campbell's still hot. Love you, baby. Uh, but, uh, the remake cycle happened. It gave part four a valid reason for existing. Reboots, uh, remakes, uh, remakes of Japanese films. That all happened post, during the kind of Scream 2 and 3 after. And they had a valid reason of existing. It has one of the best intros of any of them. It has a great fucking villain. It even has the kind of sympathetic one with Macaulay Culkin's younger little thing, but then he stabs fucking Hayden Panettiere and he can die. He could have got some of the Hayden panettiere poon. Uh, but no, like, uh, the, the kills were still shocking. Like the gutting of that one teenage girl uh, across the way when you think they're in their room, but it's over there. It, it still has those stakes that even the new, the new screen didn't have. Like, even though none of the originals die in that one you like you feel they could because that might be necessary to restructure a reboot and move the franchise forward it was a great commentary on horror then halloween 2019 still fucking great i loved it it did simplify things it, it streamlined continuities and i like i said it was my pick over halloween 2 but screen 4 neck and neck with those movies inches it out by like two and a half inches, you know, or fat Tony dick size. I yield my time. <laughs>
4: All right. One second left when Tony uh, yields his time. We're going to give the win to. Scream Four, fuck win. you! No, man. that was
5: a correct
2: point. I love the good you. point. Win
4: for the millennials on that. So uh, there we fuck go. Fuck
3: millennials and fuck
2: your <laughs> choice. You're a millennial.
4: <laughs> you are a millennial, Brandon.
3: God damn it! Damn, they, they, they defeat swear, Gen I str- Z. I will I swear say to God, if fucking Scream Four wins this tournament, I'm deleting the fucking podcast. I might be. I, I look.
5: You are Scream Four will not win the podcast. It won't be my choice. You, I'm the, Are
4: the pre-internet millennials? So I'll give you credit. You you you're not the completely fucked
5: up millennials. 2018 was like again. Halloween 2018 was my pick. It's one of my favorite sequels. Two was a very close runner-up. We like four. All of them have their good picks, but like Screen Four. So long after Part Three had a more valid reason to exist, and it justified itself even more so than the new one. The new one I enjoyed is a fun little movie, but did some good kills. But and the Scooby Doo shit you hate, but Scream Four mattered.
3: Fuck Scream. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're gonna move okay. on to Match Number Four in our quarter quarterfinal round. We have the underdog Curse of Chucky going up against Texas Chainsaw Massacre Two. Tony, you'll be starting this round off. Two minutes on the clock, Jason. Two minutes on the clock, and Tony, four,
5: three, two, one, go. This is gonna piss everybody off. But Texas Chainsaw Massacre, two. Dennis Hopper, Tom Savini, balls out. Bill Mosley as Chop Top. Uh, that's all I need. I yield my time. Oh shit! That's uh some some bold I didn't confidence need it. there. Like comparatively, that's- like it wasn't my pick, but compared, there's there's no. Let this motherfucker try to argue Curse-a-Chucky over Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2. All right, and Brandon, it's your turn in three, two,
3: one. Sex is, well, whatever, but the Saw is is family. family. I, I, how can I argue against an unhinged Dennis Hopper with two chainsaws in a underground Vietnam-themed <laughs> amusement park bunker um, kicking walls that drip blood and having chainsaw fights with Leatherface? This movie is the definition of the 80s. It's excess, it's ridiculous. You throw Spud's McKenzie in this movie and it is everything you could think of. Um it, it, this this it needed a, a, a Budweiser uh tie-in to like really t- tip it over the, you know, <laughs> I don't know what I'm saying, but Takes a Shane on is just gonzo and fun and even though it does lack in some regard, the some of the parts outweigh the whole and uh Jim C Dow coming back. I just I think it's a fantastic movie. And Tom Savini's over-the-top effects, uh, even though like I think the 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 mask is a little lacking, I will say that um the 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 shot where Leatherface is impaled with a chainsaw and the chain still runs, that's still one of the best practical effects ever done in a movie. So my choice is Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2.
4: Wow, and obviously we've got Tom Savini, we've got Dennis Hopper, like Hoosier's era. Like, peak of his powers, Dennis Hopper. Doing a canon movie. Absolutely. It's going to be Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2. No questions asked.
5: I knew Brandon would have a better valid argument. Why? So, I just like Texas Chainsaw Massacre. I love Chris of Chucky, but that's like top of the B tier arguing with like top of the A tier. You're not going to. It's like a high school football team taking on... I don't know. Insert pro football team. I don't watch football <laughs> unless I have money on it. Yeah, even
3: even the worst pro team would still fucking Stomp wipe the a high floor. school. Which that's uh, how it
5: goes. Like Chucky's a really good high school team, or curse of Chucky. That's a little insult. Full of pros.
3: Yeah. I mean, what can you it may do? it may be the Detroit Lions, but they're having a good year this year, from what I hear. They
5: just lost to the Bills, though, so fuck uh, them. Yeah.
3: I happen to know because my
5: aunt had it on TV. It, it was a nail-biter at the end.
3: Fair enough. All right. In the midst of this bloody war, now only four movies are left standing, and we're going to move on into our semifinals of C- uh, Slasher Sequel Showdown. But first, here's some
1: messages from our sponsors. Hello, Rand Army. It's Fat Fuck Scott coming back at you. Been a while. I'm glad to be on this episode of Slasher Sequel Showdown. It's going to be awesome. My personal pick, and this is a difficult one, would have to be, you know, I'm a Jason fan. I got to stick with that. I don't want to overthink it. So first gut instinct, Friday the 13th, part four, uh, Ted White's Jason fucking, probably the scariest Jason. He was a fucking Mack truck hauling ass, terrorizing fucking little Corey feldman had some cool kills the the actual canon death of jason it's it's just a damn near perfect slasher film it's got hateable characters lovable characters and tom savini's makeup and effects are so fucking good so i'm gonna go with friday the 13th part four the final chapter uh thanks for having me back brandon right back to you
3: Alright, welcome back, Gorehounds. It's down to the top four, but only two can advance to the finals of Slasher Sequel Showdown. Match number one, we have Friday the 13th, part four, going up against another part four, Scream Four. Uh, I'm going to be taking first point on this. Jason, two minutes on the clock. Two minutes dialed in, and three, two, one, go, Brandon. Anybody that chooses Scream 4 can <laughs> fuck themselves in the ass with a piece of dynamite, because the obvious answer, and to uh, repeat back words that have been said on this podcast by Fat Tony, Friday the 13th 4, part 4 of the final chapter, is the apotheosis of what a slasher sequel should do. The body count is knocked up. You've got kills that go to the eleventh degree. You've got blood. You got tits. You have an imposing character that is still being taken taken seriously. We haven't gone into ridiculous territory just yet. And if the series ended here, I think Friday the thirteenth would probably, in some regard, probably be held in a higher esteem. But we got fun sequels after the fact. But sequels that I will say for the most part, are of a lesser ilk. Friday the 13th Part 4, the final chapter, is a sequel that defined what this series was. You've got your first movie. You introduce it, and you have a a different killer. The second movie, you introduce Jason, but he's got a different look. Part 3 gets the mask, but Part 4 is where everything aligns. All the stars are there. You've got Corey Feldman putting in a a great child performance, and child actors usually suck. Putting a kid in danger, it elevates the stakes. Scream 4 has some cool, fun meta ideas, but it is a drop in the bucket of the well that is slasher movie cinema. I rest my case. Friday the 13th, the final chapter, should, and if it does not, I will burn this fucking podcast to the ground, <laughs> slasher movie, I, I yield my time. Fifteen
4: seconds remaining, and Brandon yields his time. Go ahead and Let's reset. Let's give two
5: minutes to Tony and go. I mean, it's I'm not going to pick Scream 4 over Friday 4. Let's just be real. You're a hater. <laughs> I understand your hate. I like Scream 4. I have lived with Friday the 13th Part 4 most of my cognizant life. Of course I'm going to pick it. It has tits. It wins on that merit alone. <laughs> But beyond that it is like you said it is everything for the most part a horror movie sequel should be Scream 4 was just more valid than Halloween 2018 Scream 4 I loved I, enjoyed, I I again it's one of those movies I expected to hate I'm like after 3 I'd soured I'm like why are they doing a 4 like 10 years later this is all dumb bullshit but Wes Craven came back. That's the only thing that brought me back to it. R.I.P. King. Rest in power. <laughs> but uh, no, like, of course it's going to be Friday the 13th, 4. I would kick my own ass. There have been times we've done all these little showdown challenges where I'm like, I'll kill everybody in this room if whatever. <laughs> like Judas Priest, man, screaming for vengeance. Like, or Thank you. Electric Eye. Had to yeah. win. Electric I had to win. It's the best. I
3: you There's right. fact.
5: This one has two that I'm I'm gonna argue that I won't be mad if either one wins, but I'm gonna defend you know my choice. But of course Scream is not gonna win. It doesn't have fucking uh what's the fucking actor's name who does the great dance? Crispin Glover. Crispin Glover dance. It doesn't have the Teddy's computer. It doesn't have double mint twin titties. Scream four has none of these things, so of course the obvious answer and an obvious finalist, Friday the 13th, for, for the final chapter. But uh, I'll take screen four over chance of master 2. I'm just playing. I'm going to get that guy's just fucking with you just to get the can worms open.
4: All right, time. <laughs> and obviously, we're going to go with Marty McFly's dad. And we're going to go with uh, some, some uh, shit. What, Sexy what Friday
5: fucking, Four dancer. Friday
4: Four. I mean, how could you not go with with child actor?
3: You know, I killing a Jason. Child actor turned Michael Jackson
5: impersonator. Yeah. I bet Felton. if that fuck Scott was here, he would have picked Screen Four that's just because he's always wrong.
4: Is that the height of Corey Feldman's power? No, no, gonna, no. Maybe uh, Dream a Little
5: Dream, like 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 fifteen to 18 Corey Feldman like Dream a Little Dream License uh, birds, to Drive License to Drive that's what I was saying when I said Dream a Little Dream I was thinking License to Drive that was the height of his power Gloss Boys uh, yeah uh, what's the movie where
4: uh, Chick from Baywatch shows her titties that he's in oh uh, fuck Blown Away Blown, blown Away, away. Yeah, Nicole uh, I, I Nicole always Engel. think
5: of her from Charles and Charles in her prime pre like tit job I had a, a an, an SLP nice Cinemax recorded <laughs> copy of that that I would pause and wore that out. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That
4: was a that was a strangely like oral sex. Like you didn't see that a lot in the movies in that
3: era, but Huh. But when, obviously, you know the the two the two Corys demanded, uh, you know things that the average teen star would not be allotted. <laughs> yeah,
4: fr- uh, without question, Friday they, they Eiffel Tower, Ma- absolutely mob. Oh yeah, that's floor. how she got the job. Yeah, that's how like she had the best
5: <laughs> Eiffel Tower. Uh, yeah, she but, sucked most enthusiastically.
3: They gave her what uh, what I call a Humpty Dumpty. <laughs> 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 that's where they scramble her eggs, and she was never able to conceive yeah. ever again. I don't know if that's true or not. So um, Fr- can, no, Friday 4 don't, obviously don't mops s-
4: the floor with Scream 4. There's no yeah, question there's, about yeah. it. That was a- it's
3: uh, direct advancement to the finals. Friday 4. Let's go. Alright. Uh, our final round and our semifinals goes up uh, with two uh, well-loved. Yeah. Maybe one a little more than the other. Obviously. Than the other. Uh, we have Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2 going up against Dream Warriors. The I go third first. And not my street it. series. Alright, we're gonna go with Tony
4: yes, for the first half demand.
5: Half. first half of the semifinals and go. Stop running number street three. I mean you're fucking stupid if you think anything else. Is it as gonzo as and experimental as TCM two? No, it's not. But it's a better fucking movie, has a better fucking cast, with the exception of Dennis Hopper. Dennis Hopper crushes all those teenagers. It gives you the, the uh, core of slasher uh, victims you actually care about when they die. That's rare. Especially with Friday the 13th. They give you cannon fodder to be murdered mostly. You want all these kids to live. It has amazing special effects. It adds to the lore. It has every fucking thing. It has Heather Lang in camp with that sexy rogue streak in her hair that just did it for me so hard as a child. <laughs> Because Rogue was like the sexiest X-Men in the comic book and cartoon. Not so much the movie, although, you know, Anna Paquin could get it back in the day. She had a weird little thing I had for her. But anyway, I digress. There's no competition. There's no Earth. There's no reality dimension where Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2 beats Nightmare on Street 3 as a valid, good sequel. Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2 is an anomaly. It is an entertaining anomaly. It is a more unique anomaly. Yes, I will give you that. Toby Hooper's like, fuck it, I didn't want to do a sequel, but I'll go balls out. Fuck you. He's like Joe Dante with Gremlins 2. Fuck you, I'll go all out. Part 3 even brought back like Wes Craven to his influences and his writing partner. Then it was refined better to be more palatable. It's a more palatable movie for audiences. Uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre two goes harder I'll admit, but in no single solitary category does Texas Chainsaw Massacre equal or surpass Nightmare on Elm Street 3 except Dennis Hopper
4: Alright, and uh, that's Tony's argument. Pretty strong argument there, Tony. And now we're going to go to Brandon for his argument.
3: Two minutes and go. Well, obviously, I mean, how the fuck could I argue against Dream Warriors in this regard? In the Black Lodge, I, of the of the posters I have hanging up, not in the room we're currently in, but I have a Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2 poster, and that is because I think it's just aesthetically pleasing. And it is, it is a movie I absolutely love, but Dream Warriors changed slasher cinema. In some ways for negative, but it is the absolute peak in terms of like when the media was it, it split the ground between diehard horror fans and your commonclave people just in the general populace. This it was is. this was the height of MTV and there was a crossover to that movie that just didn't exist with other horror movies, and Freddy was at the right place at the right time. The tone, the 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 content. Uh, Chuck Russell, who would go on to you know be a, a, a well-regarded director doing The Mask and things like that, uh, he absolutely kills it in this movie by injecting comedy where needed, but taking it seriously when you need those characters to pop off screen and be well loved. I my uh, this is a sweep away. There's no argument here. Yeah. It's it's Dream Warriors. I yield my time. Okay. Wow,
4: 29 seconds left. Brandon That's the most time. But I mean, really, what could the question be? Nightmare on Elm Street three.
5: Now this is the hardest fucking final I could imagine. Kills it because this is like when I had uh, argumentation debate in college. He'd have you prepare for one side of the argument and at the last second flip. Like, I had to argue. You went to college?
4: Huh? Yeah. Man, I'm just fuck fucking you. with you. <laughs> yeah. Your mom goes to college. Yeah. No,
5: she's dead. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, we, we had the best that joke in the Exorcist episode. Anyway, no, like, we, I had prepared an argument for the legalization of marijuana. And he's like, now you got to argue against it. Oh, shit. This is horrifying. I still won the debate, though, because it was a timid little teenager. So, fuck, fuck them. them. I crushed them. Crush them with your
3: dumbest, dimest. Even though I was arguing hammer. something. But in this
5: one, man, you, you if I blink hard, my answer is going to change my mind. I'm scared. So but I think we know how the arguments are going to go.
3: Coming up in our main event, we're going to pit Friday the 13th, the final chapter from 1984 against... Nightmare on Elm Street 3 Dream Warriors from 1987 to declare an uncontested victor of Slasher Sequel Showdown Tournament. But first, here's some messages from our sponsors.
0: <laughs> this is Richard Yule from Night of the Nerdy Laser Podcast, and my choice for the Slasher Sequel Showdown is none other than Child's Play 2. What Child's Play 2 does amazingly well is takes the seriousness of the first movie and the goofiness of the later movies and blends them together perfectly to where neither one is completely overbearing. Along with some brutal moments, there are some great one-liners, and Chucky looks the best he's ever looked, in my opinion, Uh, including a set piece at the end of the movie with the toy factory that is unbelievable it's my favorite set piece of any horror movie it's great and we get some great kills and Chucky gets mutilated at the end of this movie I mean he gets melted and cut up and his arm chopped off and uh, hand chopped off, replaced with a, a knife, and just so many cool things about Child's Play too that I love about it. But that ending, the last like 20 minutes, is golden and uh, will make you love this whole movie, possibly the whole franchise. Uh, It's just, it sets up good versus evil and the perfect way. So that is my pick for the slasher sequel showdown. Thank you for letting me participate. Rants from the Black Lodge.
3: This is it, Ran Army. The moment we've all been waiting for. Friday the 13th, the final chapter, versus Nightmare on Elm Street 3, Dream Warriors, to decide which slasher sequel will reign supreme. This is our final match. I'm going to be starting out. Jason, two minutes on the clock. Two minutes on the clock, and go, Brandon Lane. I will state definitively that either one of these films would be... I, I. Excellent representative for this tournament and uh, to reign supreme as the greatest slasher sequel of all time. But I think this is ultimately going to be boiled down to what are you looking for in a slasher movie? Are you wanting the the pinnacle of a classic slasher film, or do you want the pinnacle of the transition to what slasher films became? And that's going to be the crux of my argument right here. As much as I love Dream Warriors... It is the beginning of a shift in the direction of more self-referential, more imaginative, but less scary horror films. Now, I think Dream Warriors does an excellent job of balancing all that, but the true strength of the final chapter is that it gave you everything that the first three films built up to in the perfect package. You've got the scariest Jason. I will stand by that till the day I die. Ted White is imposing. You have children who are being threatened. And that adds a new level to the suspense of the film. You have quirky characters who are all defined well enough that you care about them when they get killed. You know, they all have little moments. And you have the love story. You know, with multiple characters and it's not played for the sake of like TNA, although they do give you that. So you get a little bit of everything. And the final thing I will say about this movie, it may have been the final chapter in name, but without this movie, we would not have gotten a a new beginning. And Jason lives because this movie was the jumping-off point for the things that came later. So it's the best of both worlds, from the transition to new, mo- new media and the best representation of old.
2: Ooh,
4: got cut a little short there, Very good, Ren. very good. But we're going to move on to Tony. Two
5: minutes for your argument, Tony, and go. We're not arguing which is the better franchise. We're arguing which is the better sequel in a slasher franchise. Friday the is amazing. It gives an arc. It's great. But at the end of the day, even in the similarities, they both movies have cash you care for. Those kids in Nightmare 3 are a more vulnerable, likable even, even the asshole junkie chick. You know, it broke my heart when she died. It is... Uh, it redefined the whole uh, franchise. It gave... Freddy it showed Freddy's true potential. Le- leading to the other lesser sequels, yes. But like it was uh imaginative. You're not saying oh you want old school or new school this. Freddy's terrifying in this movie. Freddy is threatening as fuck. The effects are amazing. There's just no way to argue that by a very short margin, as a sequel, not which franchise you prefer, but as a sequel to an original, that Nightmare 3 wins on every single solitary criteria you could think of, except there are slightly fewer tits. But there are tits. (laughs) And uh, that's not always a given in the Nightmare movies, but there are. I mean, it really isn't, like, all joking aside, the best... Cast of victims in any horror movie, every one of them that dies, you feel for even the one you're only given like one scene with prior to his death. It brings back original characters. It increases the mythos. It increases the threat that the main villain has. It, it's just overall. So I know we have eight seconds. I hope we both get a rebuttal because this is the hardest fucking thing. Nightmare three. yo. Yikes. This is
4: maybe the hardest decision I've had you to gotta make. you got to give us a rebuttal. Yeah, we have time. to have rebuttals. we're going
5: to have a one-minute
4: rebuttal for each. And we're going to start with Brandon Lane. Don't start it yet. For the one-minute rebuttal on this argument.
5: Don't start it yet. And then after that, me and him getting a fist bat in his parking lot and whoever wins that, that let's man, do it. Never mind if a foot taller. It's just a hundred pounds heavier.
4: See, that might be a definitive answer. <laughs> but let's go with Brandon Lane. One minute. You have one minute to argue
3: Friday four. I'm going to use your own words against you. And I know it's not that Friday 4 is the apotheosis of slasher films. It's that when we stated at the very beginning of this, what makes for a great slasher sequel? There are more kills in Friday the 13th Part 4. There are more tits in Friday the 13th Part 4. There is more blood in Friday the 13th Part 4. The cast... It may be a little more likable in yours, but they still made the effort to make the cast in Friday the 13th vulnerable and likable and memorable. It is a linchpin of an era of cinema that will never be replicated because it was the last era of truly scary slasher films that were unironic, and I love Freddy. But Jason takes the cake on this one. Friday 13th, the final chapter, is my choice, and I will go to my grave, unlike Jason, defending it. Wow.
4: Three, two, one.
5: Hurry up and reset all that. Right. I got We're going to
4: reset this because Tony has the answer. One minute to Tony and go.
5: I'm using you using my own words against me. <laughs> Change location, higher stakes, more tits. There were only side boo from a body double in the original. Uh, better special effects. What we tend to forget about part four is all the kills are heavily edited. Because the uh, MPAA, so you get split seconds of what would have been great kills if they'd been given, a, been given a second longer to linger. They're not. The only good kill you get in that whole movie is Jason, and it's great. It's a great special effect. You get good kills in concept, and with the exception of the spear through the dick, everything else is so cut off and so abrupt and so truncated that it kind of takes you out. You know, had they half second more with Crispin Glover, half second more with uh Todd, Tim, whatever the computer. No. In every single way, Nightmare 3 elevates every element of the original to its
3: greater effect. Give us another rebuttal.
5: Nope. No. No. <laughs> This, is, this is your rules. This is important. I'm making you stay by your rule We'll have our after debate after That's he makes his fine. decision.
4: Dad, damn it! I'm going to give you thirty seconds each. Okay, thirty seconds each of more argument. So thirty seconds in three, two,
3: one. Brandon all right arguing that there are uh, fewer memorable kills in friday four that's bullshit and the fact that some of them are edited actually makes them more effective the guy being beaten to death as he's saying they're killing me that's more effective than any of the kills in dream warriors they're inventive but they are less impactful the kill of the guy getting the harpoon to the dick if you don't feel that and you're a man you ain't got one so (laughs) that's my argument God damn it. Now, Tony, 30
5: seconds left. Okay, no, the spear is great. The the only other one besides Freddy and the guy, he's killing me, he's killing me, is also ludicrous and stupid. But it's impactful. I won't but again, the imaginative, the overdosing, the I don't believe in fairy tales. The motherfucking puppet kill is one of the greatest fucking horror movie kills of all time. And again, it it meets all my criteria for lifting up every element you need from the original i'm right
3: all right the, damn it the weight of the world is now it's all on
5: you do. i don't envy you i feel bad so, i'm not going to be mad at you either way Just i think i think we one. both
4: made adequate uh we, cases for the films so as someone who has seen both movies obviously i've seen all of the movies of these series uh listening to their arguments tony makes a very impassionate argument as does brandon If I'm going to take my 13 year old and let him see either of these films to to crystallize what happens in the series, I'm going to have him watch Friday Four. Friday the Thirteenth Part Four is the definitive sequel to any horror movie. It's an amazing movie. the uh, The thought of the possibility of a child being killed is excellent. The uh, ancillary cast—it's only is children
5: getting killed in Nightmare.
4: Amazing, um,
5: Nightmare on Elm Street <laughs> yes. Three, phenomenal. The fucking um, mom drying herself up. Fuck yeah. both you I'm just playing.
4: There's so much good in Nightmare on Elm Street Three. But when it comes down to brass tacks, we're going to go Friday four.
5: I respect, but uh, we're what, going to have our after what, debate rebuttals. Let me get mine out of the way. Right. After right. debate rebuttals. No, no, we're just we're yeah. timing this. There's yeah. no timer. I, Friday four. I'm fine with winning. Again, it's like a coont hair away. <laughs> when I taught my youngest stepdaughter, when me and the oldest were saying "see you next Tuesday," she's like coont. <laughs> as the funniest thing ever. But anyway, no, like I'm fine with Friday Four, and you may be right. But for slashers in general, not as a sequel to a franchise, I still stand. But, you know, and some of the kills, like I was saying, are cut off. There are some that are kind of ruin it the axe through the door, Crispin Glover, the double mint twin getting smashed in the wall. These are These are things that are genuine negatives to me for that movie. But again, they're both so fucking good.
3: I'm going to put it to you this way: I, I think that if you set down a child—I don't know—I say a child, but anybody, basically, a under, five-year-old, anybody uh, younger than me, this is happening, and they didn't know anything about these movies, they're probably going to enjoy Dream Warriors more because it is more imaginative and it—it's it, it's, it's more Son of hundred maniac. It's—it's more creative. But the crux for me of why Friday four is the greatest slasher sequel is because it is just it's the it's the total containment of like what that genre was. Yeah, and I, and right. Dream Warriors is very it's the same thing, but it's what the genre became. So to me, it's almost like one A, one B. Yeah. I don't know that one is necessarily better than the other it's all in the, the way you context, look at it. Yeah. Context does matter. It really There's does. a
4: reason these are both in the finals.
3: Yeah, and it had either one of
5: them not. It, normally, every other time we've had one of these debates, like any kind of showdown thing ever, like even the the Cannon Cup.
0: Cannon Cup.
5: Had Invasion USA not won, I'd have been livid. Had uh, Electric Eye not won, i have been like, I can't be mad about either Over one. Over the Friday top, four. bitch. Man, <laughs> uh, you go to hell. <laughs> but that's a great movie up for its own batteries. But no, Michael like, Cutler is my boy, motherfucker. Everything about both of these movies are perfect. <laughs> and like you said, Nightmare 3 elevates its franchise into uncharted territory. Friday 4 gives a good conclusion. To the human Jason story, yeah, you're right, and I so that does kind of make it. Now that I'm not arguing mine, you are right. I,
3: that's one reason I give it.
5: It's closing. It doesn't have the sexy disco uh score that Part Three had, though. Well, that's its course, only flaw.
3: Friday Three is closing the book on the ch- the original chapter of that series, whereas Nightmare Three is opening the book to yeah. uh, to the so next I could phase. I can see why,
5: as a satisfying sequel. Again, I'm not mad about this at all. I'm totally fine with it.
3: And there's some things that we didn't talk. I mean, b- basically, part three and part four—they uh, of Friday and Nightmare, respectively—they're yeah. also the best in regards to how they dispatch their villain. Yeah, like, it's one of the few to, nightmare movies. But I'll give you—you've always had a problem with the endings, it, I, and you're right. Nightmare, Nightmare Three has the best ending of any of those series because they're, yeah. for the most part, they're all ethereal and kind of convoluted. Show you a
5: fucking mirror—the reflection still makes me fucking mad. Or
3: the the power of heterosexual love—that's just Freddy. offensive.
5: <laughs> and they didn't even show her titties. You want me to be heterosexual? You show her nipples. We
3: set. We set proly. A hundred feet. No, no. no, hundred like 30, 30 feet. 30 me. feet away. I'm, I'm bad at math. Still could get it. <laughs> and um, I found myself looking at her a lot throughout I the course of day. I
5: she, I'm just playing. <laughs> I didn't do that. I'm married. Yeah, Kim
3: Myers, you you can fucking get it. So, let it be known for now until evermore, the greatest slasher sequel of all time. At least, number A. No, if we
5: declare it
3: the best, it's
2: the A-1 best. A1, A, one Number one think, in
5: our hearts. Don't rehash it. The, the peop- We have decided in the rants that this is, don't qualify, Friday the 13th Part 4, of the final chapter, is the greatest slasher movie sequel.
3: Okay. And then just, I mean... Part th- th- number th- two th- is Nightmare on Elm Street th- 3. It's, 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 it's right there, but it's just a hair lower. It's nothing wrong with silver. All right. This has been a lot of fun, uh, but it's also been hard as hell because by no fault of their own, a lot of great slasher sequels just simply were not included because we focused on the main franchises and some that you may even disagree with that being said i think it's only right that we pay homage to uh, to you know give some honorable mentions uh, that did not appear in this tournament and jason feel free if you have any off the top of your head you want to include by all means do so um but uh do you want me to do one you, know, you start sure. i got one uh i i have 3 and um, I'm not going to go into great detail because I would invite all of you out there in the Rant Army. If you haven't seen any of these movies, please check them out because I think they will uh – you'll definitely enjoy them. Uh The number one on my list, and these are not necessarily ranked, but if I'm being honest, it probably would be number one, my number one pick on these, and that is Prom Night 2. Hello, Mary Lou, oh, Prom yeah, Night yeah. 2. Totally agree. It is a complete 180 from the, the first film. You know, the first movie came out in 1980, right in the, the, the thick of like Friday the 13th. Yep. So it got kind of, it was popular, but it, you know, definitely. It's definitely B tier. Way it's not down, A-tier. way down the, the list. However, uh, prom night two is kind of influenced more by the Nightmare on Elm Street era and it plays and has fun with its premise. You get, uh, Mary Lou Maloney, who's the, you know, basically, uh, Fun,
5: free, freewheeling, liberated woman. F- female, oppressed by
3: the patriarchy. She's she's female. Oh, man. She's female. F- Freddie, basically. Yeah. And and she of- is DTF. And I I cannot say enough positively about this movie. You got Michael Ironside giving a great oh, performance. Yeah. Uh, a lot of great effects in the movie. You get a, like a weird like dystopian hell sequence at the very end. It's it's good stuff. So Prom Night Two would be on my list. Um, what I will say I think is the most uh, the best. Modern slasher sequel, that being Hatchet Two, a movie that was released un, 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 yeah. uh, was which, which was released un, uh, unrated in theaters, and it, it lasted all of a weekend. <laughs> and AMC got cold feet, and they fucking yanked it, and which has left uh, a, a legal ramification that Adam uh, Green is still not able to talk about publicly to this day. You listen to the. This, the uh, commentary track, commentary track on the DVD, and it's like fucking censored long parts of it because (laughs) they had to legally cut out things he said because he was furious about it. So much so that when they made Hatchet 3, he didn't want anything to do with it. Now, he came back around and did the fourth movie, but Hatchet 2, holy fuck. You want to talk about balls-of-the-wall movies that are just going straight for the jugular? My favorite
5: Gonzo true slasher horror kill is where Tony Todd is cut in half and he rips the skin off his upper torso. How are you ever going to top that?
3: The, 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 any sense of reality? A real f- physiology oh, yeah. is completely out the door, but it's fun for the sake of fun. There's an enormous chainsaw that yeah, lifts some like du- dudes. Yeah, like through. Through, right through their fucking dicks, lifts them, lifts them off the ground. It's good stuff. And uh, number three is a slasher movie that we've covered on the podcast, and that would be Leprechaun Three. Mm-hmm. It's just a dumb, good fun, dumb man. fun movie. Uh, there's not much to say about it if you if you get the gist of the Leprechaun. I think this is the the best of the of the sequels, and like, oh, you yeah. probably argue that Leprechaun four but that's that's I've more so but it's premise, good yeah if not the execution
4: i i totally agree that's all good uh adam green we love you not adam green lives in Greenville, tennessee fuck you uh <laughs> go ahead no not i don't not know you but adam. fuck
5: you too if jason but, says <laughs>
4: uh yeah for sure those are very good choices and i absolutely agree with brandon on that that's a, a great choice for uh honorable
5: mentions I'm bringing it new school, especially, very new. Terrifier 2 was fucking bananas. And the fact that it, I think, I think the whole debacle with Hatchet 2, kind of, like, okay, they got that out of the way, but... The success of this quarter million dollar, almost two and a half hour fucking bananas fucking slasher. Super gory. Three people left my showing and I was so happy. I'm like, <laughs> oh, it's real. People are really fucking leaving. Like it goes hard. It has fun with it. It's never too so serious. It is. And you know, it's made like. Ten or fifteen million dollars. Yeah, it's a yeah.
3: it's an absolute absolute
5: runaway, and when it hits streaming and DVDs and all that, the best success Art Declan, it, It's this is okay. The first one is like, oh, it's so great. I'm like, no, the first was it's okay. It has some really cool. But even kills. but even
3: the first movie isn't the first. It's appearance. Hallow's
5: Eve which is the first
3: or I'll but there was
5: a, but there was a short a film. Short film. That, I don't count that because that, that wasn't released as its own thing, and it came out after all. Hallows' Eve. Yes, but anyway. Terrifier 1, some great kills, bananas. Terrifier 2 up the fucking game. Like, it made Art the Clown a slasher icon for the 2020s. Well,
3: there isn't a lot of competition right now. But, like, even even if there was, exactly, can crush them.
5: And uh, you mentioned another one I had on my list, Hatchet 2 is the fucking shit. But I I also thought of his buddy Joe Lynch, Wrong Turn 2. Oh, fuck, that's a good one. It's one of the only, like... It completely changed the tone and style of the whole fucking little mini franchise, but it elevated it and made
3: it better. That that movie is like Friday the thirteenth, homage after Friday the yeah, thirteenth yeah. homage. And
5: Joe Lynch, like nice guy that he was, didn't want to be mean to us on the podcast, right. still gave you the mean audio. He's a,
3: he's a fucking cherry of a guy. Cheers, Joe. I'd love and to get you back on the podcast sometime. Not to turn us too
4: serious, but any theater that is showing movies like Terrifier 2 or anything like that, we need the audience to go see those films in the theater.
5: Support those theaters that show these films. I I have to hate to buy that. It was AMC in Johnson City. It wasn't even like an indie theater. It was a real AMC in Johnson City.
3: Yes, uh, and it just shows you how much things have changed. But also, theater chains... Are desperate for content. Yeah, so they'll so, get anything.
5: So they actually kind of hit at the perfect time. But when I bought the ticket, the guy laughed. He's like, "Are you sure you're gonna sit there? And I'm like, "Man, I've got I've got podcast merchandise of me on a horror movie podcast. I'm sitting through this fucking movie." Yeah. So I can't even I was in my Fat Tony
3: shirt. <laughs> so goddamn like, this, right. This I a
4: mean, we have a, a great indie theater here in our market, which. And give a give a little nod.
3: Central Cinema. Well, I mean we've <laughs> uh, we've done events at Rants yeah, uh, at Central Cinema. The Valentine's Day double feature, and uh, we inducted Mixtron into yeah. our Hall of Fame uh, during a showing of Nightmare on Elm Street Four, which is also another terrific, a great sequel. sequel. It's
5: lesser, but it's great. The only five is the only bad one. Theater that supports these movies
4: need your support. Absolutely. And absolutely
5: give it to them. Yeah, in fact... Central Cinema in Knoxville, Tennessee, show me a ticket set up or proof you went to a movie and I'll send you a nipple pick.
3: fair fair enough um but actually uh at the time of this recording i went to central cinema last night and and saw blood rage you know the terrible classic well if you say so uh, joe bob says it is definitely so bad it's good but um they have a wide variety of things they show there from horror drama like they're they're all over the place but it's it's catered to like a diehard fan aficionados yeah sure it's 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 uh, film fans making uh, curating the things they show for die hard well they fans. screened everything everywhere all at once before the wider theatrical release. Yeah, also if you haven't
5: seen that watch that fucking movie
3: oh it's great that's a rant to recommend well, that's much, I, I enjoyed it much more than the Doctor Strange to be honest with you I still like yeah. Doctor Strange I don't hate it kill strong John Krasinski that's fuck un- Jam. I'm fine with that I'm a Dwight guy Damn, yeah Alright guys, well, I think that's I think that's gonna wrap us up for this episode. We'll be back in twenty twenty three for more shenanigans. Till then, subscribe to the Rants from the Black Lodge podcast on one of the many platforms we're available on, including Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Don't forget to stop by our stop by our webpage at JuicyKruger.com. follow us on social media at Rants Black Lodge, and for the love of Cthulhu, go buy a t-shirt, a mug, or a sticker from our web store at rantarmy.com. Um,
5: and I just wanted to add real quickly Eric, at the end, uh, go check out Eddie and Travis's Wrestling Recommends podcast. But they can both suck the sweat you off did. my nutsack. They are inferior substitutes for me. And the next time I hear Travis say my boy Brandon's Canadian, I'm we're we're gonna have to have a, a Pay per view brawl because I'm going to end it.
3: I'd buy a ticket to that. It's also their podcast is called Wrestling Recommendations.
5: Recommend I say recommends. Yeah. Oh uh, well. Fuck you. Fuck the, Fuck them. <laughs> they're 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 the bottom shelves of podcast. Yeah, No, I'm just playing. Y'all are awesome, but right, you're right. less than me.
3: M- much success to, to my brothers over in the, the wrestling end of the podcasting. And family for life, baby. That's right. All right. For Jason and Fat, Tommy, uh, Fat Tony. Fat, uh, I mean, sorry, Fat Tony. Fat Tony. Fat
5: Tony. I got this. I got you, buddy.
3: For Jason and Fat Tony, this is Brennan A. Lane signing off. Till next time, Rant Army. Keep marching.